Welcome to episode 130 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Zach, and this week I'm joined by Rick. Rick. Pat. Ahoy, ahoy, everyone. Okay, Chance is somewhere else. Chance is in Florida. Can we just tell them where they can tell them where he actually is? Go, go Do get him. Do you the government to track him? He's at a Trump rally. <laughs> yeah, Chance at a Trump rally. <laughs> that's why he's in Florida. You don't know this? I know that's not why he's there. <laughs> can you 100% confirm that he is not at a Trump rally? No, he's in Florida and he's doing Floridian things, whatever that means. <laughs> that's code for a Trump rally. <laughs> sure, whatever. I don't care. It's not me that's there. <laughs> if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews and impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. We occasionally talk about movies, TV shows, favorite Floridian activities. Outside of going to Trump rallies. Epcot. I have never been to Florida, so... I've been in the Miami airport, and that's it. I've been through Florida a couple of times, but honestly, like, Disney. I've never been to Disney. I I went once when I was, like, nine. I have no interest in going to Disney. I mean, I want to go to Disney now that they have Star Wars and Marvel, let me tell you. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Universal Studios was also awesome. Sorry. Yeah, you tell me you don't want to fucking build a lightsaber or and or a wand? Like, come on. Anyway, this week we'll be discussing the Tokyo Game Show, Nintendo Direct, uh, the Sony State of Play, and uh, the Ubisoft conferences. But first, what have you been playing? And oh, what's this? We have Chance with us via satellite. Chance, what have you been playing the last couple weeks? Uh, hello, this is Chance um, from Vacation. I'm here to talk about uh, Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed. Uh, before I do that, I'd like to thank uh, THQ Nordic for uh, lending us a code to play their game. I've played about three to four hours of this game on Xbox, uh, 4K, 60 frames per second. This game takes place like 10 years after the first game. Uh, you don't play as the crypto from the first game, but you play as a clone. Essentially, the big baddies in this game, for the most part, are the KGB. Um, they shoot down your mothership. And so your goal is essentially to stop them and to avenge your mothership. Crypto can also take control of humans, kind of body snatch them, use them in disguise. The backpack, they also has like a longer boost and more uh, mobility. Um, you can also summon the saucer and openings and essentially get in and fly around whenever you kind of whenever you want. It can also go invisible for a short amount of time, which is pretty cool. Um, the Destroy All Humans keeps its uh, iconic comedic tone, puts you in a lot of crazy and wacky situations throughout the story. There are collectibles like art, uh, materials, and upgrades are spread around the map to collect, so you're always doing something in between or in the middle of missions. There are a crap ton of skins, so you don't really individually customize crypto, but there are a bunch of badass looking skins from like a scary clown, ninja, demons, and Elvis to like classic destroy all human skins from the older games. There are at least 16 weapons um, that are either like, uh, they're new, like the free love, like visor that you wear that essentially is kind of like an AOE aura that can cause people near you to dance and party and kind of distracts them essentially. And there are also the classic, the Zapomatic, which is kind of like your bread and butter, like attack weapon. Uh, THQ Nordic has, uh, in my opinion, done an amazing job at remastering this classic IP. Um, I hope that these games uh, can uh, generate interest in this IP so that maybe we can see a new 
game and continuation to this beloved franchise. I'm not going to give a uh, score to this. Um, like I said, I only played three to four hours, and this game's probably, I would say, at least twice that long. So I've got maybe a little bit half, under halfway, so I don't feel like it's right for me to give a score. However, I had a lot of fun. Um, the only con I would say is that this game is a remaster of a PlayStation, like an older PlayStation game. It still has that underlying like old game feel to it where it seemed a little a little linear and um, like, you know, not as open world like as we're used to nowadays. But, you know, that's what the whole point of the remaster is just to make it kind of like, you know, it has that older feel, but it has all the new bells and whistles and kind of like how it looks this very modern and new. And that's why I'm kind of hoping that, you know, these games will you know, bring back the interest so that we can see a brand new destroy all humans game and then you know then they can go off open world and go crazy with it and um you know i'm really hoping that these games can prompt that interesting stuff let me tell you <laughs> oh man chance you're really playing let's let's see what pat is playing <laughs> brilliant <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> so like last time we had talked about immortality i can tell you i've now 100 percented the game so i've seen all the movies i've seen all the clips that you can see i've gotten all the achievements uh one achievement was bugged but they did release a fix for it last week so i was able to go back in and get that last achievement and it is a 10 out of 10 masterpiece in my book uh, i highly recommend you go play that especially if you have game pass like what is stopping you it is free right there and it is a really it's an amazing experience because it it justifies why it is a game versus why it's not just like an interactive movie or anything like that like i don't think you could have told that same story or have that sense of discovery of holy shit did i just see what i saw and then you like retry the steps and it it works and you're like oh god there's a deeper layer to all of this stuff that that doesn't work in any other medium so i really enjoyed it it's the first 10 out of 10 game that i've uh played since last of us 2 in 2020 um i don't even think elden ring was a 10 out of 10 so go play immortality we've talked about it plenty i'm not gonna waste your time with it uh i've also been playing another game on uh game pass called tinykin I originally just started playing this because I was going to play Halo with a friend online and he's like, give me 10 minutes. I'm folding laundry. Uh, so then I started playing Tinykin and like just got super into it because it's like a it's a platformer mixed with a Pikmin game. So you are a kid who is shrunken down and uh, the entire like level is you miniaturized like grounded but there's little the there's these little things called tinykins which are these pods that you like walk over and then they explode and these tinykins start following you around uh there's purple tinykins and they're just like little tiny blob things that follow you around uh, purple ones help you lift items or like move large things they're really strong uh and then the red ones uh explode stuff so there's certain items in in the world that are covered in like this sap and you can use it to explode uh, you can throw tinykins at them to explode them. Uh, there's like a bunch of other types of tinykins, but I've those are the only two that I've come across. And the game is really fun. It's just like, you know, a mindless, like I'm not too invested in the story because like none of it is voice acted or anything. And it has like a lot of text at the beginning. So I kind of just fast forwarded through that. But the gameplay is really fun. Uh, definitely go check it out. I've been playing on uh, xCloud streaming. I'm like playing on my console, but I'm playing the streaming version of it and it's like 
flawless. Like, I don't know if they've done like improvements in that recently, but it's, it's like working so well. It's like, if like I was playing locally, like I cannot tell the difference. So highly recommend that. Uh, Splatoon three also came out. So I've been playing that. I've only played it like maybe three hours or so. And I played it with chance, uh, when it came out and I will say it is the best online experience from Nintendo which means it wasn't completely broken at launch. There were still issues. I still had errors. I still had disconnects. Uh, there were times where me and Chance were in a party and like it just kicked me out, but he got put into a game and then I'm sitting at the thing going through my gear and he's like, these people aren't that good. And I'm like, wait, you're in a game? <laughs> like, what the fuck? So uh, it's, it's, it's got some issues, but it's a long way compared to what uh, Nintendo has been. If you don't know what Splatoon is, it's a third-person shooter, but you're not actually killing anybody because it is Nintendo. They don't want to do all that stuff, so you're splatting them. It takes place in this world where you are humans, but you can transform into squids or octopuses, depending on which species you pick. Uh, And you have paintball guns. All the guns shoot different types of paint. Uh, You have like a giant roller. You have a katana that you like dip in a paint bucket and like throw paint at people. And then you just have like regular paintball guns. The main game that we've been playing is called Turf War. So the object of the game is to not kill somebody. Like It doesn't matter how many kills you get. You want your paint to cover more side, more percentage of the actual map than the other team's it's cool, like, because it doesn't show you what your percentage is as you're playing the the actual game. Like, obviously, you're seeing, oh, shit, there's blue everywhere, and we're the yellow team, and I don't see yellow anywhere, then you're in trouble. But if if you're, like, on a lot of games where it is close, you're, like, when the game the match ends and you go to, the, like, the, the end result screens, it has, like, the two meters of, like, how many percentage you have versus how many percentage they have, and it always goes up to, like, the percentage both of you had, and then it pushes one side or the other depending on who won so games where it's been uh, super close we won by like literally like 0.2 percent or something like that so it, it is pretty fun um the one complaint i do have is that nintendo for some reason made motion controls like the standard so i had to like go into the settings and change it because the the game pads i use are like the third party uh game pads for playing in portable mode and they don't have like the gyroscope uh, sensors on them. So I couldn't aim up or down when I first was in the tutorial. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why can't I aim up and down? And then they went to that part of the tutorial and they're like, move the switch up and down to aim up and down. And I'm like, that's not going to work. Cause I don't have those joy cons. So then I had to like figure out how to, to fix it. So, I mean, it's, it's been working fine. It's not like amazing in terms of a third person shooter, but it is, is a fun game to play on switch. If that's literally the only console you have. And then I did also play you suck at parking, which is another game pass game. Uh, this is a kind of like a top down car racing game. Like those old school, like you're just on a track, you have the fixed camera and you're going, uh, the interesting thing about this game is that there is no reverse or break. Uh, there's only the gas pedal. And then if you want to slow down or stop, you let go of the gas pedal and then you're using the stick left or right, which turns your wheels left or right. And it's kind of like a, platformer parking game because you have this map and each map has like different uh, obstacles and like uh, different you know terrains and stuff like that and the object of the game is there's three or four parking spots per map and you have to 
get to a parking spot and park as best as you can in that like little uh, rectangle that they have for the parking spot, which is very hard to do <laughs> in terms of like, it's kind of like one of those games where you're fighting the controls as much as you are like playing the game. So it's kind of like turns into a party game. And then they have a multiplayer option where you you and like three or four other people are all on the same map. And then there's four parking spaces and you have to get to those. Like it's the same concept. You have to get to those parking spaces, but you have to do it the quickest. Uh, and you can kind of like run into people and like explode their car. And then now they have to respawn and it'll take them a long time and stuff like that. So it's pretty fun. It's not something I, I see myself playing like forever or like even a really long time, but it is fun to just kind of like hop in and, you know, mindlessly do something while you're listening to a podcast or, uh, you know, maybe this podcast or, uh, <laughs> watching something in the background. Um, so that, that's a, that's a fun game to play. And then the last game is, uh, the excavation at Hobbs Burrow, uh, which I got a code for from wad Jedi games. Uh, this is a point and click adventure game. And the best way I can ex- describe it to you is that it's a mixture of, Twin Peaks and like old school point and click adventure games. What? So, yes. <laughs> and so you play as a Thomasina Bateman, who is a burrow digger, is how she describes her profession. But she basically gl- goes uh, exploring to ancient burial sites and uh, excavates them to find relics, which she uh, uses. And she's like writing a book and like is an explorer slash tomb raider but like for smaller tombs it takes place in england in a town called uh Bule. she comes to Bule at the invitation of uh, mr shoulder who she's never met she's just got letters from and they decide to meet up at this inn she goes there the first night and he does not show up the whole town is like unwelcoming and like basically doesn't like her asking questions and everybody she is talking to is basically like, you don't belong here. You shouldn't be here. We don't like outsiders. Why are you here? And there's the undertones of like sexism. Cause this takes place in like, I think early 1900s and stuff. And, uh, because the Mr. Shoulder doesn't arrive, she is kind of exploring on her own to try and figure out where Hobbsboro is and what is going on. It turns out there's this weird cat and she starts getting weird dreams and like it just it is going down a weird direction, but I'm all for it. And maybe there's a link to her past in this town or something like that. But either way, like I, I'm really enjoying it. I like the story. It is pixelated graphics old school point and click adventure but then they do these scenes where it's like it zooms in on a person or there's like a a transition to a different scene where it is very like it's not the pixelated graphics it almost looks like they did like normal uh cartoony graphics but then they put like an overlay on it and a lot of the illustration is very creepy when these scenes come up I'm very intrigued, and I, I don't know how many days it takes place over. I've played maybe an hour and a half, close to two hours of it. I've just gotten through day one, and I'm like halfway through day two. Uh, but I, I'm really interested in it, and I'm definitely going to keep playing it. Um, it is on, I think, just PC at the moment. Um, but I could definitely see this running well on Switch, and you know, it'll run out well on everything. But I think it'll be a good Switch game if it does come to Switch. But yeah, there's like a lot of puzzles. You, you're picking up like buckets and like all this stuff and like getting resin. 
if you like point-and-click adventure games and you like that creepy, deeper mystery going on, I highly recommend it. And that is pretty much it. Rick, what have you been playing? I've been working a lot the past couple weeks, like insane amounts of time. But I have found time to play some video games. So first and foremost, new game just came out. Actually, I had it last podcast. That was my big redacted Metal Hellsinger, which has just been a delight. Unfortunately, since I've been busy, I haven't been able to get that far into it. But I definitely get the gist. And it is a riot. So far, level design is kind of wanting. It's not like it's almost like an old school, just first person shooter. But you just have ways of enemies in certain areas. So for what it is, it, it the level design works. Um, but the game itself, Metal Hellsinger, is based off of uh, you get bonuses if you're able to shoot or attack on the beat. And of course, Metal Hellsinger, it's a very like uh, metal soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So you have to do your best. And there's basically in, in your crosshairs, there's. Uh, Guitar Hero like riffs, so if you hit it at each certain moment, that's when your bonus is. So you can get a bonus, like, and then double your bonus as long as you finally find the beat. Um, as a middle-aged white man, it was kind of hard to find the beat at first, um, but <laughs> since it is metal, um, I was able to connect. So every once in a while, I'll just get on a really good streak. And also, when you reload, if you reload on like the beat, you reload faster. So if you're really into a song. Like during these like waves and waves of enemies, you can rock it out. But every once in a while, you kind of, at least me, I tend to lose the beat. So <laughs> it messes up. Sometimes I'll get distracted or like, oh, like, oh, man, it's a reload. And I mess it up and then I just miss it. So it's kind of like a get the high score type gameplay. It can be. But I think um, you're supposed to miss the beat every once in a while. You get like multipliers um, and you can actually find multipliers like along the map and then like just pick those up maybe there's some health there's like exploding crystals and that kind of like act as like distance grenades um honestly you have no grenades yourself you mainly have like a sword and like dual handguns or a shotgun and once i got the shotgun i've never really gone back (laughs) like that's how i am with most video games is give me a shotgun i'm gonna take it it's it's been a blast is there like a story or is it just like these levels? There is a story. Uh, apparently had a great voice at one point. I'm not sure if it's a lady or a guy. They're not ambidextrous. They're ambiguous. Also ambidextrous because they can shoot two guns. <laughs> as far as what I know of the story, there's like a, a raspy voice narrator who's kind of like a cowboy. and It's kind of like walking you through what you're doing. Is it Troy Baker? It seems more like it might be Troy Baker. Seems almost like a wannabe <laughs> Sam Elliott, though, which I enjoy. That could be Troy Baker. Let me look at that. But I think you're trying to fight your way through hell to rise up from hell and get your voice back. From the story that I remember, that's what it is. But mostly what I've noticed is the waves of enemies and Troy Baker plays Paz, the narrator of Metal Hell Singer. <laughs> it checks out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a blast. And honestly, thank you so much, Funcom, for the code. And the Outsiders for developing it. It is now on Game Pass as well, I believe. Oh, yeah. Actually, I just downloaded it on Game Pass because I've been playing on my PC and getting my PC out of my drawer. And then I have to lock the drawer once I'm done. It's been rough, but I just got a download on Game Pass. So I'm really excited about getting at it. And I highly recommend everybody else does too, especially if you have rhythm or any form of beat. Um, you'll do really well. 
I'll try it out and probably fail really badly, but no, just that. you'll get used to it. Everyone smiles. And apparently uh, there's mods now. I just just reading an article online that there are mods now that uh, will actually you can pick the songs. Oh, because you couldn't before. They have certain songs for certain levels, but apparently modders have just gone in like added whatever songs they want so they can kind of shoot on that beat, which I think that'd be pretty sweet. But yeah, so far, it's a lot of fun. It seems to be doing pretty well in the ratings. So great job. Thank you so much for the code. It's been a blast. Uh, as far as what else I've been playing, Power Washing Simulator, because late nights at work, and we have a new TV where I don't have to actually like go up to the TV to manually change inputs. I played some Power Washing Simulator. It's fun. And then I actually got to Power Wash at work this week. And that was not as fun. <laughs> real power washing is not as good as the simulator. Simulator's pretty sweet. Real real power washing is like it's, it's beneficial. It's great, but um, I got very wet and very dirty, which is usually what happens at work. But still, <laughs> the whole time I was like, I know how to do this, and I was like, yeah, it's a lot easier from my couch. And then also immortality, and I get what Pat says that it's not like a interactive movie. It's more it's it's a game. Especially since I treated it like an interactive movie and it's like, okay, cool. Like I can switch scenes here and there. And then you start noticing things and you start seeing things. And it's like, okay, cool. This is kind of almost like a David Gian kind of atmosphere. Like Pat loved it. Pat gave it a 10 out of 10. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try my best to play this. And I still had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to really deep dive and do the best I can. Try to see what Pat sees in this. And it really grabs you and grips you and, like, sucks you in. I was like, I'll yeah. play for 15 minutes. And be like, okay, it's two hours later. I have no sleep. I'm <laughs> exactly. pretty sure this game is to blame for at least partial, at least a lot of my no sleep the past, like, two weeks. Uh, the story's gripping. There's three different movies, both, like, different like even the main actress, like the person you're following, like the main person of the story, um, Marissa Marcel. Yeah, Marissa Marcel. How well she does from role to role, you don't even know they're the same person. And a few times I had to be like, okay, yeah, that that's her. But I'm like, wait, is that her? She just does so well. Yeah, like everyone does so well in it, and like even when you're see, like there's a scene in Minsky where the actors have to look at a dead body. And like they're like before the scene starts, before this, like the, the director yells action, it's just a bunch of actors being themselves laughing because they're staring at a dead, like a, a naked dead guy. <laughs> and then the second the actor yells action, they like go into like their characters and like do the, the scene like perfectly. It, it's, it's crazy. Like it's behind the scenes, like looking past the veil and stuff like it's, it's. And also I how, really how the tone changes from movie to movie and set to set. Like that is so telling. Like it is beautifully done. And I heard mm -hmm. that this is kind of like almost like a test to go to Netflix and kind of do like more widespread availability for this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I could see there's that. a possibility immortality is coming to Netflix. And I think that would be a smash hit, especially if they execute it correctly. Mm -hmm. Amazing game. I had to talk about it because it's mostly what I've been playing. I know I had Metal Hellsinger for a while, and I should have played more on that, but Immortality, like, <laughs> and Pat talking about it, and us just talking on our own about it. I wouldn't say 10 out of 10, but definitely in the 9s to high 9s, an amazing experience. So, 
It's on Game Pass as well. Mm-hmm. So Metal Hellsinger, definitely try out on Game Pass. Immortality, definitely try out on Game Pass. And what else did I play? Power Washing Simulator, Game Pass. Also Tinykin and uh, <laughs> Use Second Parking, all on Game Pass. <laughs> Game Pass really coming in clutch. And uh, Zach, yeah, what have you been playing? So got back, played a little bit more Fall Guys. Played some Formula One 2023. Got back into playing Cyberpunk. Chance had mentioned it the last time he was on too. Like, oh, that's a game I haven't touched in a long time. So got back into that a little bit. And then also started playing this game called Wayward Strand. And it's published and developed by Ghost Pattern. Uh, They gave us a code for it. And I've been um, playing that for the last few days. You take control of this this, high school girl named Casey. Um, Bo Maris, and she is. She describes herself as like an intrepid teenage journalist. Uh, she's just like writing for her school paper while she's on like summer break or something like that. And she uh, goes with her uh, mom to uh, visit an airborne hospital. Um, so it's like a it's on like a big blimp, and uh, it's this hospital that kind of sits over the town. And basically, what you do is you your tasks uh your task to go and like meet with patients get to know a little bit more about them kind of keep them company is kind of how the game presents it um because uh casey's mom is a nurse on the um on the ship and it's a narrative driven game side scroller and it's all just kind of like the the story gets told through the interactions between casey and the patients she'll go into and visit a patient's room and she'll you, you have a, a lot of uh, dialogue options where you can kind of go different ways with how you want to interact with the patients. Uh, even like the initial dialogue that you have with uh, your mom as you're like taking the lift up to the airship. You can kind of be pretty crass. You can be kind of standoffish with your mom. Kind of like how like teenagers are like when they are like growing up and they have like attitude with their parents. You can choose to be that way. Um, and you can kind of choose to be that way with the patients too. You can kind of be standoffish or you can be like endearing and like wanting to actually get to know a lot about them. And some of the, pa- some of the patients are that way too. Like you go into a room and uh, like the first patient you meet, um, Ida is like very nice, super friendly and is very like enjoying the company. Um, and then you can go into like another room with another patient and they're just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Get out. And you can kind of try to push the envelope to try to stay in the room and get to know them, or you can just leave and go visit them later. So it's like location-based? If you're talking to somebody and they walk into a different room, you can keep following them to keep the conversation going, or is no, it like so forcing the, you to follow them? No, no. So the patients will stay in their rooms, and like you'll go into their room. Um, okay, but there's no... like make sure you go to this person's room. Like it, the story doesn't tell you to go that way. You're kind of uh, just exploring or it, it depends on how, what, what conversations you take. Like with the first patient that I talked to Ida, like I was like asking her, like, do you know anybody else on the ship? Like, do you know any of the doctors and stuff like that? And then she like gets to like, Oh no, there's someone else that I like talk to frequently. And he lives in the room, like right above me in the exact same spot. Oh, they fucking, <laughs> they're like, Probably. decrepit man like they're geriatric hey. relax yourself they still need love <laughs> if you think it's not happening you are living in a fantasy world oh my god this you is know how many the... std spread in these old folks homes oh my god 
<laughs> it, it's a it's a it's an airship, right? So it's like an air cruise. <laughs> so anyway, so basically, it's like it's just this big interactive story, and like everything is told um, through the interactions that you have with the patients. And there there is some kind of story. Like there was one of the patients that I talked to where they were like, "Oh, you don't know why you're really here. Oh, well, if they've kept you in the dark about it, then I'm going to do the same thing." And I was just like, what? I was like, so there's a different <laughs> there's a different reason for me being here other than just like keeping the patient's company, which I still haven't figured it out yet because um, I'm still pretty early into the game. Um, but the the story is like pretty endearing. You you like run into patients who are like obviously like it's a hospital, so some patients are not doing as well as other patients, and you have. Uh, different interactions with uh, faculty nursing nurses and doctors where there are some who are like obviously very um, supportive and are like all about helping the patients. And there's a couple nurses who are just like, Oh, they're just like these patients annoy me and stuff. Like that. So it's actually like kind of realistic as from somebody who's like worked in medical clinics and stuff like that. You kind of, you do run into those types of people who like don't really care. Um, about the patients too much. And then you have people who are like all about caring about the patients. And then you have patients who are great and patients who are terrible. And it's pretty realistic in that sense. Um, the dialogue is very, very good. Um, the voice actors are doing, do a pretty good job. So it's a very interesting game. I kind of like, I like games that tell stories in like pretty unique ways. Um, so this is definitely that. So I'm certainly interested to play more of it, especially since I'm only like an hour or two in there. There's not a lot of like, uniqueness in the gameplay itself you kind of just like go to rooms you have the dialogue with the patients and stuff like that so there's not like a big gameplay kind it's of game it's all about experience yeah. yeah it's all about telling the story exactly so it's all about giving you that story so if you like those kinds of games i would definitely recommend it especially right now i've, I've enjoyed it in the short time that i played it so i'm really looking forward to playing more of it well if you like stories given to you in interesting ways let me tell you about a little game called immortality okay we've done we, we've done that already we've done that <laughs> exactly. already have you heard of immortality it's on game yes Pass. <laughs> i know like, it's the story um, of an actress <laughs> oh for god's sakes but yeah go play both probably play immortality i would i haven't played it but based on what the the guys have said it's probably the better game if you're looking for something a little lighter and kind of more lighthearted, this would definitely be something that would go down that path and if you're um, looking for something metal, metal Hellsinger, <laughs> like honestly, the game, the game, like review codes I've been getting lately have been a lot of uh, golf, roguelite, de- deck building <laughs> games. I don't know if you noticed. So this was a nice breath of fresh air. And, and if you listen to our reviews, most of me, what me and Pat have been playing have been narrative video games. Oh, I should probably also say, um, Wayward Train, it takes place in Australia. Above Australia. I guess technically, yeah, above Australia. Like, we're above Australia. Uh, economically. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good game. I really like it. I, I like it so far. It's all about kind of like, it's interesting seeing the juxtaposition between like uh, a teenager who's like entering like kind of an adult space for the first time, obviously, like being in a hospital and stuff like that. And then you have like patients who are like at the end of their lives. So you get like the the whole like growing old and like the growing up kind of side by side, which is an, which is an interesting, what better way to do that than with old people fucking. Okay. I would like to move on now. <laughs> it's both life and death <laughs> in a tango. 
god, they're they're gonna listen to this coverage and they're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" I I just want to go on record for Ghost Pattern that neither Rick nor Pat have played this game, and they're the ones who are saying these things. I have said nothing. It's not my fault. Yeah, don't send them this. They'll be really disappointed in us. Anyway, moving on, we got some housekeeping stuff that we need to uh, go through. We've got a another game to give away it's a uh, shadow of mordor on uh gog i'm just gonna say it once because you can rewind it it's a podcast uh n as in nancy u c as in charlie m as in mary eight b as in boy three zero d as in dog four five eight nine f as in frank seven zero f as in frank seven uh, so congratulations to the to the lucky individual who has Shadow of Mordor on a GOG. Uh, we're not doing not so news because we have no time. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to go through. We'll just kind of hop right into the topic of show or topics of show. There's a lot going on. So we'll start with the Xbox Indie Stream and the uh, Tokyo Game Show. So this is the Tokyo Game Show presentation for Xbox. And then the Xbox's Indie Stream. They had two separate events. Not... A whole lot, so we're just going to talk about the highlights from both. Right. Uh, so, starting off, uh, Deathloop is coming to Xbox Series X and S and Game Pass on uh, September 20th. Uh, so, I guess if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, that's the 19th. So, you'll be it'll be coming out tomorrow on Game Pass. The year of exclusivity is over. It's going to be releasing with all of its updates since launch. So, the accessibility options, quality of life fixes, photo mode, cross-play matchmaking will all be there. It is also releasing with the Golden Loop DLC, so you'll get new weapon, new ability, new enemy types, and an extended ending uh, to the game. I played uh, Deathloop at launch on the PS5, and I can tell you it was an amazing game. The only issues I had were with the ending. I just wanted a little bit more from that story. Uh, This extended ending hopefully helps fill in those gaps. Plus, you know, the new weapon, new ability, new enemy types they're just adding more to the sandbox and like arcane does such a good job of like, here's the tools and go fuck around with it. However you want. And that's kind of what death loop is. So, you know, we've talked about it extensively last year. Go listen to our podcast there. I highly recommend you play it when it does come to game pass. If you haven't played it, it's one of the best games of the last year. And I am probably going to be playing this again on Xbox. Maybe not this year. Depends on how busy I get this year with, uh, all these other games coming out. So, but Zach, you have not finished Deathloop on PS5, right? I have not. No, I have not. Are you going to be playing it on Xbox? Probably not, just because of the progress that I've made on PlayStation. There, I don't really want to start over. So, Rick, did you finish Deathloop? Hell no, I did not. Um, so, I remember, like, you, I think you gave me the uh, code for it. Like, you had an extra one. Yeah, I want a code, and I'm like, I already have it on PlayStation. So. so it was amazing. I was like, oh my god, my PC can do this? Like, this is... It was awesome. But I probably played like a half hour in. <laughs> but being on Game Pass, like, that's gonna be... That's a game changer. Like, my Xbox is always, like, easily accessible, so I always prefer things Especially on Xbox. with Quick Resume. Yep. This game with Quick Resume is gonna be awesome, let me tell you. And then, moving on, we had some... New gameplay with the trailer for Exoprimal. Uh, this is the game that is not Parasite Eve, <laughs> even though they had that IP just sitting there. So 
whatever Capcom. Um, the uh, press release says wield cut at cutting edge customizable exosuit technology in a 5v5 team-based action game as your squad fights through unrelenting swarms of ravenous dinosaurs and other players in a variety of dynamic pve and pvp missions assigned by the mysterious all-powerful ai leviathan uh, it is coming 2023 to Xbox Series X and S and also Xbox One. And I believe this was originally announced at a state of play. So I'm assuming it is also coming to PlayStation 4 and 5. Moving on from that, Power World is coming to Xbox. So think Pokemon, but with guns. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, that is, if you saw this trailer, that is exactly what it is. So it is, a, <laughs> it, it is an open world multiplayer survival crafting game um and there's really not much else to add with that <laughs> there's these giant monsters that they live in harmony with on this world but <laughs> it's a third person shooter so you're just shooting. <laughs> oh my god <sighs> oh, man. but anyway it is coming to xbox because it was only yeah. pc originally yeah Moving on from that, uh, Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes. We got a new gameplay trailer with dialogue from the Japanese voice actors. Uh, it's coming to Game Pass at launch in 2023. Old school JRPG fans would love this. Uh, I think there's like 50 playable heroes, each with like unique abilities and stuff. So go crazy. <laughs> uh, games that are uh, coming to Game Pass, uh, there's just a a bunch of them listed. So I'm just going to kind of go through them. Um, and then I'll stop you to talk about the ones that I think are interesting. Okay. Sounds good. So we've got the amazing cultivation simulator, uh, the big con evil, uh, which is a multiplayer social deduction game inspired by titles like among us, uh, where 12 players have to work together to discover and survive against, uh, the, who, whichever murderer or murderers is hiding among them. Uh, it releases October 11th, 2022. This is actually interesting. You're in this like medieval town of evil and it's like, like the board games that we play like one night werewolf or something like that, where you are doing these tasks, but everything's in this medieval setting. And in, uh, in among us, you shoot people out of the, uh, the spaceship What's or whatever or you drop them yeah, into like, lava or like yeah whatever. you drop them out of the the spaceship and like send them out into space in this one they're in a cage and you burn them alive in front of you <laughs> and then oh like there's deeper meanings once you die you're in like the underworld and you can still like interact with something and like maybe give hints to to people if they're like you know people have special abilities and some people might be able to like commune with the dead and stuff like that so it seems very interesting they, they only showed like a limited trailer but it's one i'm going to be keeping my eye out for because it's coming to game pass anyway so i think it might be a fun play for sure um there's homestead is it Ar arcana homestead arcana it's our first farming game of the the night <laughs> but we it definitely won't be the last so many goddamn we talked about Metal Hellsinger, which is out right now. Moon Scars. Moon Scars is a 2D action Souls-like um, that looks pretty interesting. Uh, you have this like giant sword you're using to fight a bunch of like monsters in this like Metroidvania setting, and then you are uh, 
you also get like other secondary weapons. It's from like a small Polish team, I believe. Uh, but it looked very interesting. I, I, I'm, I don't think they've announced a date yet. Um, or maybe they have cause chance is picking it up for fantasy critic, but it, it looks pretty interesting and I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye out on it. Uh, and then there's rainbow Billy, the curse of the Leviathan, uh, turnip boy robs a bank Valheim, uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season. Uh, we talked earlier about uh, You Suck at Parking. Nino Cooney series remastered. Uh, so you have Wrath of the White Witch, which is out now, and then Revenant Kingdom, which will be coming in 2023. And then AC Odyssey, which is uh, obviously out now. Is that all happening this year? Um, I think they gave specific dates for some of these, but not all of them. So some of them are just like early next year and stuff like that. I'm sure Xbox will announce it on their Twitch or on their uh, Twitter or whatever. Uh, but Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch is out now. That is also like a Pokemon like RPG, but more like the cinematics are actually like a, an anime. So I think uh, it is rated 10 like for everyone. So if you have children, that might be a good game to keep them entertained for a little bit. Okay, so then moving on from that, uh, there's a new support hero uh, announced for Overwatch 2 named Kiriko, and, and they are a healing ninja, and they're able to teleport through walls uh, to protect teammates with uh, healing... What is that? Ofuda? It's, it's, a, it's a Japanese word, I'm assuming. Okay. Uh, or a dash towards enemies to take them out with your kunai. I think the beta or the early access for Overwatch is out in October. You'll be able to play as Kiriko then. Another game that was shown was Born of Bread. Uh, it's an RPG adventure that's inspired by Paper Mario. Uh, it has some turn-based combat with quick-time events for uh, attacking and defending. Uh, and then there's party members with that have special abilities in and out of combat. Uh, so the game follows the journey of a flower golem um, across a varied and quirky world. Uh, it's coming in 2023, but we're not sure if it's coming to Game Pass or not, but just something to keep your eye on yeah. for those of you who like the Paper Mario-styled games. I know I certainly do. I know most of us here do. So, Yeah, I'm, I was very interested in this. This was probably like the biggest highlight from their indie showcase. It looks very cool. I, I, again, I'm not sure if they said it is coming to Game Pass, but they didn't give a date, or if they're like, in 2023, it's out, but... They didn't say it's coming to Game Pass or not, but the stream was like six hours long, so <laughs> give me a break. Uh, right. But it was very uh, a very good display of like they showed combat and like story and uh, some of the different characters. There's a little raccoon that can like dig holes and stuff for you. Uh, but I, I'm very interested in this. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Paper Mario. They're bringing back the old school combat, which Nintendo has just been kind of dropping the ball with. But we saw it, it did well with Bug Fables. Mm -hmm. it's probably going to do well with the outbound ghost that's coming out soon. And I think uh, born born of bread is also going to, to really scratch that itch. Okay. So do we want to ha- uh, add anything else to um, anything with the Xbox streams? Yeah. They, they kind of made a big deal about the, the Tokyo game show stream being like big for them because they want to get a bigger foothold in Japan, but nothing in their actual showcase is you know, super important. Like, yeah, it's great that uh death loop is coming to Xbox and they announced it here. I'm not sure why it's not a Japanese game. It's not from a Japanese developer. I'm not sure if it had a big cultural impact in Japan or anything, but 
This was just a platform for them to announce it. Uh, they also talked a little bit more about Wulong, which actually I should have mentioned too. Um, so yeah, they, they talked a little bit more about Wulong during this demo. They had like an interview with the developer. There's also a demo that's out for Wulong, which I did play and it is very Elden Ring like, and that it's a good thing because you can, you basically, when you start off, you have a bunch of different characters that you can like specialize with. And there's like water, uh, which is focused on like healing or maybe stealth. I don't know. There's a bunch of different ones. I went with fire, which is focused on like raising your attack power. And you have these different abilities. Uh, you have your normal attack and then your heavy attack is called your spirit attack, uh, which uses some sort of, uh, power from like the spirit that you've chosen, which I had chosen fire. Once you build up a gauge, you can summon a firebird, like a phoenix that like will do an attack on the ground. Uh, it has the same like jumping to avoid attacks that Elden Ring has, but you can kind of like double jump in the air, which I really enjoy. And, uh, you know, you can do like crazy flips. You can deflect attacks, which is kind of like their parry. You have to get the timing right. They have a dodge. They have these special um, attacks. They're, they're called wizardry spells. Uh, that you can choose, like you have access to all of them from each of the different like elements, but obviously the ones like the element that you've chosen, which I chose fire, the fire attacks were less expensive for me to cast. And then they have martial arts, which is different move that's associated with whichever weapon you're using. So I went with like a, a standard sword and then I had a pole arm as my secondary weapon. But if you enjoyed Elden Ring earlier this year, you're going to feel right at home. It's got that same like defeating enemies they're dropping loot you kind of min maxing building your character how you want to uh stopping it they have flags instead of uh bonfires or spirits of or sites of grace it's it's that same concept you can stop there you can level up you can get change your wizardry spells and all that stuff there and every time you do enemies respawn in an area I spent like maybe close to 10 tries trying to defeat what I thought was a boss and then I beat the boss and I went back and I rested and it just spawned right there. So that told me it was not an actual boss. It was just like a mini boss. So I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> but I did eventually <laughs> beat it. <laughs> I did eventually beat it. So it has that, like, I don't think it's as punishing in terms of, um, Elden ring. Like you don't lose, at least I didn't lose any of my, like, I think I lo lost maybe like 10% of my souls. I forget what they're called in this game. Uh, versus losing all of them. So I think it's going to be a little bit less punishing and a little bit more fast-paced than Elden Ring. So story-wise, I didn't really have much in the demo. It kind of starts you off in the middle of things. There's a tutorial, and then it just kind of puts you in this world. So, But it is coming to Game Pass when it comes out early 2023, so I'm excited for that. I would highly recommend you check out the demo if you're interested in it or if you enjoyed Elden Ring. It is on The demo is on PS5 and Series X, but not on... Uh, PS4 or Xbox One, even though the game is coming out to both of those. Cool, perfect. <laughs> All right, so moving on to Sony State of Play, uh, we're gonna power through this one as well. A lot of stuff that happened here. So uh, to Not start, a lot, I would say it was only like twenty minutes. It, still, within twenty minutes, I think there was a good amount of stuff. Do you not think so? I, I think for twenty minutes, I think it was pretty good. Like anyway, so we'll start with Tekken Eight. Uh, so we got an in-engine trailer. Uh, we didn't get. Uh, though a release date or a window, just a, a stay tuned. Uh, so not sure what that means as far as like if we're going to get that within the <laughs> I next. I stay tuned for the rest of the, the state of play. Is that what they meant? 
Potentially, like, <laughs> don't leave now. Like, like, like this ain't the only thing that's happening. Stay tuned for everything else. Um, what that means for Tekken Eight, like, do, does that mean it comes out in twenty twenty three or like? Probably people I mean, are assuming it might be 2023, but they've also not said it. So maybe they're just covering themselves. And then, you know, next year, if they're like, oh, by the way, we're coming out in a couple months, people are going to be like, oh, yay, cool. <laughs> I'm not big into the fighting games either. So, yeah, I'm not a big fighting game guy either, but it looked really good. They had like people fighting in the rain and it like had a lot of the the weather effects and like, I don't know. It looked pretty cool. Uh, moving on from that, uh, we got uh, to see Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition. So this was first released on Oculus Quest in 2020, and now it's coming to PSVR 2 in 2023. Did either of you guys play Tales from the Galaxy's Edge? Uh, no, I think it, it might have been exclusive to Oculus Quest, and I have the Rift, so that's probably why I haven't checked it out. Um, but it seems interesting, like you go to a bar and you're talking to... Uh, the bartender, and he's kind of telling you stories of different heroes in the Star Wars universe, and you play those little mini experiences. So it sounds interesting. Um, you know, I'm, I'll probably check it out if I get PSVR 2. If I get a PSVR 2, yeah, definitely check like, it out. Fuck it, I don't want to play it on the Oculus Quest I have now. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much work. It's a lot to put together. Like, I have a small house. Um, we might be moving, so I might have more space. Oh, That's nice. exciting. Yeah. With, yeah. That, it's kind of big news, and I guess it's now everybody in the world who listens to our podcast might know it. Um, I mean, I can cut it out if you don't want That's to fine. tell people. It's whatever. But still, I have more space at night rather than, like, Lincoln being right behind this wall behind me. Like, he'll be upstairs, and I can move around a little bit more because ever since I got scared by green hell and this snake that popped out of nowhere, Jordan's like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> want was you sleeping and you fell over the armchair. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. I put VR on pause for a little bit until I have more space because <laughs> like I punched Ruth in the mouth. And if you're a new listener, Ruth is my dog. I feel really bad. Like not we reckon, child. <laughs> not my wife or my mom, or, but no. Um, I accidentally like hit my dog, and I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> so we'll have a little bit more space. Nice, nice. Next up, we have uh, Demio, which is recreating the experience of a four-player tabletop RPG just in VR. Uh, it was already on PC. Now it's coming to PSVR in 2023. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of games that have already come to other platforms are now being announced for VR, PSVR 2, which I mean isn't terrible, but they just came out with news that said uh, PSVR 1 games are not going to be backwards compatible with PSVR 2. I understand you're going from the tracking with the camera to inside out tracking, so it would have taken a little bit more work to get all those games functional, but. A lot of those games are also on other platforms that have inside-out tracking, so uh, it seems kind of like Sony's like it's not worth our time to to make sure these games are uh, backwards compatible. But that kind of just seems like a, a slap to the face of everybody who got PSVR one. Uh, luckily, that was not me, <laughs> so you know it's not a huge deal for me. I will be starting clean slate with PSVR two. 
it would have been a lot better for people coming into PSVR two to also have a library of PSVR one games. But yeah, that back catalog would be an influence. Zach, are you interested in VR at all? Uh, not right now. Uh, mainly kind of similar to Rick, just lack of space. Um, but I mean, we'll see. The next place I move to, we'll be moving there uh, next month. I have more space, and because I have the whole basement, basically. You're just trying to steal Rick's um, thunder when he announced so, his move. No, no, because he's actually going to like <laughs> own his home, and I will not be doing that. So, like, um, yeah, no. So it's just it's just kind of similar thing. There's no space to do anything VR in my in my my bedroom or any, like where I have all my gaming shit set up. So I'm not really into VR stuff anyway. Kind of right now. It's a slippery slope, man, because then you can't, won't be able to tell the difference between virtual reality and your own reality. It's inevitable. I mean, everything's going to virtual reality in the future when the machines take over. So, Why would we let that happen? Why would we do that? I don't understand this as a concept. Who says we do, but they, like, they can still do it. Like, like, but why would, we, why would we make AI that powerful? Why would we do the price that? Price of doing business. Humanity yeah. is far too big a price to pay! <laughs> Anyway, they announced uh, Like a Dragon Ishin, which uh, if you've been paying attention to Tokyo Game Show, they did have, uh, and by they I mean Sega, uh, Sega announced that they are no longer using the name Yakuza. That series going forward will now be called Like a Dragon. So instead of Yakuza Ishin, we have Like a Dragon Ishin, uh, which is a remake of the 2014 PS3 slash PS4 Japanese only uh, Yakuza spinoff. Um, it had, we showed a trailer, it's being built from the ground up using Unreal Engine 4, and it had like fast-paced sword and gun combat. Uh, we also saw a player killing an enemy by shoving plums down his throat. So it's the, like, you know, crazy standard Yakuza goofiness. Uh, it is coming February 2023. They also announced a bunch of other Like a Dragon games. Uh, I think Like a Dragon 8, which is technically Yakuza 8. Is coming out 2024, and then uh, there's uh, this other game, which I got to look up the name for this, because I can't believe this past marketing standards. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is uh, Like a Dragon Ga- Gaiden, the man who erased his name. All right. Um, that, that is the title. <laughs> Zach, remember that, because that's going to be on subpar subtitles. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Ishin is going to be a PS five or no Ishin is coming to everything. Um, but I think like a dragon Gaiden might be a PS five exclusive, but that one is also coming 2023, but I don't know. Did this do anything for you guys? Samurai sword and gun combat? No, I've never played the games and I've always been intrigued, but I've been way too busy. They are on Game Pass. A lot of them still might be. I don't know. Not something that's super interesting to me either. So let's move on to Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, so we got a new trailer uh, showing uh, the exclusive quest uh, for Haunted Hogsmeade Shop um, for PlayStation 4 and 5. Uh, It'll be exclusive for at least one year. Um, That specific quest. So, right? That that specific specific quest, quest and then... Also, uh, it's an extra dungeon. It's a cosmetics. Excuse me. It's an extra dungeon. It's a cosmetic set. And uh, the shop allows you to sell items and gear at better rates than everywhere else. 
And then it also uh, has a recipe for Felix Felicis. If you are familiar with Harry Potter, it's a potion that grants you luck, which uh, temporarily will show you the locations of chests. So all of that is going to be exclusive for 12 months to PlayStation. Man, like, just let him have Call of Duty if you have that power. <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> we'll get to keep, that. We'll keep get that to in that. The back of your mind when we talk about some of this other stuff. Uh, we will get. But yeah, to is is this is this influencing any of you guys to change where you're getting Hogwarts Legacy? I forgot the name of the game. For yeah, it's fine. I'll get Hogwarts. I'll, I'll get Hogwarts Legacy like three months later when it's marked down at twenty dollars because it's going to be such a shit game. Oh my god! I think it's going to be good. I have. I'm optimistic. Like, I mean, I like I have it pre-ordered on Xbox. I mean, I haven't pre-ordered it yet, but I mean, there's no reason to not to be pessimistic about it. I mean. I don't know. I have, a, I have a feeling that it's not going to be great. I mean, I also think they're doing a lot, and this developer has never done a lot before. So, well, until then, let's just be optimistic about it. Um, but moving on with that, uh, there uh, we got to see a Pacific Drive. It is a road-like. Uh, so <laughs> I like what they did. There. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> uh, so the player has to take their car on a trip through a surreal and dangerous route in the Pacific Northwest that is actively collapsing into pockets of unreality around the player. Uh, there is a there is a primary player hub, which will be a, a garage, uh, which helps you upgrade and repair your car in between runs through terrifying lightning storms, military zones, and terrifying churning rock worms. Um, so basically just a roguelike but you're driving. Um, yeah, you're driving, and then they'll have like hubs where you can get out, explore, and then uh, get upgrades for your car, and then keep going. But they said like you'll be the most vulnerable when you are not in your car, so you have to like I don't know, be extra careful when you're not in your car. Um, I don't know. This really didn't do much for me. I'm not a huge fan of racing games or driving games, and then just adding like avoiding weather effects and all that stuff really doesn't do it for me. I don't know about you guys. I like driving games, so I would definitely give it a shot. It could be fun. I say, um, with the roguelite, like, driving. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's an interesting concept. Definitely, I like that they're taking an idea and then kind of experimenting with it and kind of making making it their own. I'm always for that with a developer. I just don't think this particular ones spoke to me at all and also so. like i'm starting to get like to a lot of, does everything have to be a roguelite yes until the next genre comes along and like let's just take know. a break let me have a save point first it was giant open world sandboxes then it's um battle royales now, battle royales and now it's roguelikes and souls likes so no one can come up with anything unique well except the people who did it first yeah, like rogue. Yeah, but that's souls. <laughs> I, okay, yeah, but that was decades ago. I don't think I was born. I mean, we don't have a road like yet, so. There you I go. mean, yeah. <laughs> Shut you up. Fuck. <laughs> 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 so moving on, we got to see Stellar Blade. Uh, this was announced at a state of play as Project Eve, and that has since been renamed. So we have a name for it. It's called Stellar Blade. It's releasing in 2023 as a PlayStation 5 console exclusive, uh, and it features fast-paced action similar to Nier or Devil May Cry. 
not sure if this is if this is something that sp- spoke to either of you guys or if you guys are interested in that. Uh, in I mean, any capacity. I'm my interest has peaked. It is uh, a new developer. It does look very good in terms of graphics. Uh, combat is fast paced, but it doesn't feel like floaty or anything like that. So I might keep an eye on it. I'm not like saying I'm gonna play it 100 percent because if it is, you know, I haven't. I've tried uh, Devil May Cry, played a little bit of it, never really stuck with it. I have not played Near. I know Chance liked uh, the most recent year which one was that i forget automatania uh, yeah something like that something, uh, um but i don't know I'll, I'll keep an eye on it it's not like on my short list of amazing games or anything to look forward to zach what about you uh not not particularly um it's just not not really up my alley i guess zach doesn't play games with female protagonists that's 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 not true at all. <laughs> I'm literally playing one right now where the protagonist is female. Prove it. Wayward trade. What do you mean prove <laughs> it? Right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Shut you up. How about that? <laughs> uh, so moving on from Stellar Blade, uh, we have Rise of the Ronin. Uh, this is a new action RPG by Team Ninja, uh, known for Neo and Wulong. It's a PlayStation 5 console exclusive that will be coming in 2024. It also has guns and sword combat. Um, yeah, this trailer looked really good. Um, they, they're they definitely busy. Um, Oolong obviously yeah. comes out next year. That comes out to everything, but it is a Game Pass Day 1. And then Rise of the Ronin is exclusive to PS5. So they've clearly made a deal with uh, Xbox and they've also made a deal with PlayStation. It's funny how the deal with Xbox is only to bring it to Game Pass, but not take it away from somebody else. But then the deal with PlayStation is to take it away from other other consoles. So <laughs> also keep that in mind as we continue at a later point. But uh, game overall looked very interesting. It also had a... Uh, gun combat in it as well like gun and sword a mix of the both uh which is going to be interesting it seems like we're getting a lot of samurai games after ghost of tsushima so cool Mm -hmm. uh and then the big one god of war we got a really to use pat's words here absolutely hype story trailer it was so good guys like i don't know if you guys saw it or if you're avoiding spoilers uh i wouldn't like have gone out of my way to watch this if they had just if it wasn't part of a state of play but i'm so glad i did because it it got you the right level of hype it showed just enough without showing like major story beats or anything like that i could still not tell you what the story of uh, god of war ragnarok will be like what the the actual like overall quest would be or anything like that but the moments that they showed are super hype. And let me tell you, the line, death can take me when it earns me, is fucking awesome. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, like, I was hyped before, but now I'm, like, next level of hype. Like, Rick had talked about it a couple of podcasts ago where he beat God of War uh, 2018 uh, because he never had and he finally got through it. Um, I had started it. A couple of weeks before that and then i kind of fell off like right where rick had fallen off before so i'm definitely going to go back and make sure I, I beat it before ragnarok comes out like I, I i beat it originally in 2018 but this is just like a refresher but I, i'm so ready 
for Ragnarok, and Zach, you're going to lose so many points in Fantasy Critic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Did you see the trailer? Yeah, yeah. How good did that fucking look? <laughs> um, yeah. Good. Look good. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there waiting. I was like, you know, maybe I get lucky. It just is delayed until 2023. <laughs> no. no. Um, I'll tell you what is coming out <laughs> uh, at the same time is a special white and blue DualSense controller that has wolves on it. I don't know. Th- that didn't really do anything for me. It, maybe if they had a console to go along with it, but they're like, no, just the controller. So yeah, I don't know. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about from the uh, state of play? How you think they did? I mean, as I was watching it, I'm like, this is you know, R- Rise of Ronin is cool, but the rest of this is either old stuff or stuff that doesn't interest me. And then they got to that Ragnarok thing. I'm like, this might have just saved you guys. But otherwise, I, I was kind of disappointed overall. Usually yeah. in September, they have a showcase. They've had it for the last two years. So I've kind of been assuming that they would do another one in uh, September 2022 as like a big showcase where we get a lot of the first party titles revealed, a lot of major surprises. This was not that. Um, and because we have this, it just makes me think we're not going to get that this year. And that is disappointing. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> So, moving on from the state of play, uh, we'll start talking about the Disney and Marvel Games Showcase. Um, So, we'll start with uh, Skydance New Media's game. Uh, We still don't know the name of it, but we now know what the concept is. So, it's a single-player action-adventure game that's centered around Captain America and Black Panther during World War II. Uh, So... The game will star four playable heroes that you would control at different points in the story. So you have young Steve Rogers, Captain America. Uh, You have Azuri, uh, who's T'Challa's grandfather, a.k.a. also Black Panther. Uh, Gabriel Jones, who is a a United States soldier and member of the Howling Commandos. And Nanali, who is the leader of the fledgling Wakandan spy network. And uh, she's the future wife of Azuri. Uh, from what we could see, the game seems to take place in Paris and potentially Wakanda, and you'll be fighting um, Hydra agents. Uh, they'll be the primary antagonists. Um, the tagline is King, Captain, Soldier, Spy. and Which is four- a play on Tinker Tailor, Soldier, Tinker, Spy. Tinker Tailor, Soldier, Spy, yeah. brilliant. And then uh, Four Heroes, Two Worlds, One War. There is no date or window given. I would say 24 to 25. But yeah, I mean, this is a game I'd be down to play. Um, love Black Panther. Love Captain America. Uh, it's an interesting... Um, it, it's it's an interesting take on it, and we get to go to a time period that I... I mean, who doesn't like doing like World War II video games, even though it's a medium that's been covered so much. Um, but never covered with this lens, with... Right. superhero game in world war two. So I think right. that'll add a, a different take on it. Uh, if you're not familiar, we've talked about it before, but just if this is your first time listening, uh, Skydance new media is Amy Hennig's new studio. Amy Hennig, obviously known as creative director for uncharted, uh, legacy of Kane, uh, and then last of us one, she was, you know, a big player at naughty dog until, uh, uncharted four. When she left, she went to go start her, uh, she went to, to Motive, I believe, or no, Visceral uh, at EA and started uh, 
work on Project Ragtag, which was then canceled by EA, and she's kind of been bouncing around since then. And now she's formed her own studio and, you know, started she's working on a Star Wars game, her studio is, and then she's also working on this. So a lot of people when they showed this during the the conference, I saw a lot of people in the chat and on Reddit speculating that this will be a co-op or a multiplayer game. Uh, since then, Amy Hennig has confirmed this will be very much in the vein of the games that she's done previously. So Uncharted and Last of Us. And what what that sounds like to me is you'll be playing sections where you're playing as Captain America and you'll probably have Gabriel Jones as like kind of your sidekick that you're going through the area with. And then, you know, it'll switch to Black Panther and then you'll have uh, Azuri as like your sidekick there. And then something else will happen. Now you're taking control of Gabriel Jones. Captain America might be there as your sidekick vice versa when you're taking control of Azuri. So I think you'll always have that companion with you probably will be like a, a linear or a, I guess a wide linear game. You know, I, I don't think you'll be doing very many of like side quests. I don't think this will be open world. Um, I think it'll be a very narrative character driven experience. And I am all for that. We talked about the EA black Panther game that was rumored previously. Um, and that was, that's rumored to start at the death of a black Panther and you're going to take over the mantle as a new black Panther. So do you think there is some sort of, uh, cause obviously it's Lucasfilm games, Marvel, you know, they're handling mm-hmm. the Marvel property. They're licensing it out to these different companies. You know, EA is working on one sky dancing media is working on this one. Do you think there could be some sort of like connection where the uh, the Black Panther that dies in uh, that Black Panther game at the beginning is Azuri, and then you're taking over as T'Challa. T'Challa's father, probably. Uh, yeah, T'Chaka. Which, T'Chaka, yeah. It's certainly possible. You'd be talking about a an expanded video game Connected universe. universe, yeah. <laughs> um, which is... The Marvel Interactive is, Universe, the MIU. Right, like that's definitely up Marvel's alley could do that. It wouldn't be a a difficult thing to do because you wouldn't necessarily have to like link this game to that because of the time period that this game takes place in. It's not like you would have to have it pick up like immediately upon the ending of this game depending on how much time passes. I mean, if it's only taking place during World War II, obviously Azuri would go beyond this because he marries Nanali and stuff like that. So you wouldn't need to have it pick up right where this game would leave off. So you can have like a time lapse in between. So it's certainly possible for that to, to occur yeah. and have a kind the of The only universe. thing that kind of would be a roadblock in my mind is that you would have to have this game come out before that Black Panther game. And we're not right. sure how far along either of those are. So, But either way, I mean, we, we'll have to wait a little bit for this game anyway. It's definitely intriguing. I, I'm certainly excited yeah. to, to to give it a shot, and I, I can't wait to see what more they would give us in the next couple of years or so uh, once we get closer to 2024, 2025, and kind of see see the progress and everything. Rick, are you sold on this game? Not quite yet. Yeah, as we just talked about, Henning's team hasn't really worked on much in a minute. Well, it's a brand new team. So it's yeah, a brand new team. Mostly like her clout that she's bringing. But what the previous project got canceled. That was a different studio. Yeah, a different studio, but still. That was EA. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's see what happens. Um, just because it could be amazing, but it also could be a flop. We've been burned. 
many times before with these like comic book video games. Rick is talking about Avengers, if those of you don't catch that. We've had some good ones, which I'm talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, because that was so much fun. But it's it's like a Targaryen, you know, like they flip a coin. It could be crazy or they could be nice. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, moving on, we got a, a new trailer for Midnight Suns, which was supposed to come out in October and then it got delayed. And they're saying it'll come out before the end of fiscal year 2023, which would have been before March 31st, 2023. So a lot of people were saying, has it been pushed to 2023? We now know it has not. It is coming out December 2nd, 2022, and I just want to say fuck you, Chance, because you counterpicked it in my uh, Fantasy Critic League, and now you're going to lose a lot of points for that. And they so. are the top two players. Yes, that is true. So this this might have just set you know, my victory in stone. But I'm really excited. They, they talked a lot about how when they started development on this game, it's the XCOM team. Uh, so they took for access, the XCOM team, they took basically the XCOM gameplay and they just injected superheroes into it. And then they played it and they're like, this is not fun. Uh, it doesn't, it's not fun when you shoot a, a, a missile or like a, a laser with Iron Man and then he'll miss because that's how, XCOM works. So they said then they had to rework everything and they started from the ground up. And now there's very little that is in common with the gameplay of XCOM versus the gameplay of this. This is mostly based on a card system because that's how you add the random chance. You're not, you're not going to miss moves. You're just not going to have the moves in your hand to play them when you know, you have to be kind of strategic with how you play them. When you play them, you want to have environmental attacks. You want to have combos, um, it's, it's also got RPG elements where you're building relationships with each of these heroes and based on the relationship you build, the better the attacks, the more they unlock and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm very excited for this. I have it pre-ordered on Xbox as well. And, uh, I am very excited to play this. I think this will be one of the good Marvel superhero games as, as Rick is saying. So, and honestly, like I, Pat has talked about it a lot. I think I was going to check out XCOM just to kind of see what it just is about. But since they're kind of redoing it, like, would you recommend playing XCOM before playing this? Do you like that grid-based strategic combat? Like, you have to position your troops and then also do a turn-based attack and then there's a chance you miss? Yeah, I've, like I've done that before. I'm, I love Metal Gear Acid, which was like a PSP card-building Metal Gear game. Yeah, so XCOM itself is not card-based. This is card-based. If you want to check out XCOM, XCOM is just, you have the moves, you cre you can create your own people, so you can, like, literally put the four of us in a podcast, <laughs> create those people in your, like, uh, soldiers or whatever, um, and then name them, and uh, do it that way, but it is, like, turn-based. Uh, like a grid? your people in a grid, yeah. Okay, so, like, uh, um, Fire Emblem. Similar to Octopath or, like, Final Fantasy Tactics. Or not okay. Octopath, uh, Triangle Strategy. <laughs> Terrible names Square Enix does. Oh my god. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that gameplay, so I think I'm going to enjoy this. If that's something that you like, maybe check out XCOM. Uh, I will be getting this physically, so I can lend it to you. Rock and roll. Once I'm done. So, uh, Tron Identity is a new visual novel adventure from uh, Bithell Games. Uh, Bithel. 
Oh, it is Bithel. Oh, I, I was going to say that, but I didn't think it was right. Now I look like a fool. I was afraid of saying Bithel. It's Bithel, you idiot. Uh, so it's a new visual novel adventure from Bithel Games. It is the uh, developer of Thomas Was Alone and John Wick Hex. The game follows Query, which is a, quote, detective program tasked with solving the mystery of an unprecedented crime. It comes out in 2023. The interesting thing about this is if you know Mike Bithel and Bithel Games, they've done licensed games before. We've talked about John Wick Hex, but they always take they do something with it. You wouldn't think so for like John wick, like, Oh yeah, that's obviously going to be, if you're making a John wick game, that's going to be a, a first person or a third person shooter. And you're getting a lot of headshots. Like, no, they made that a strategy game where you're managing resources and you are like thinking like John wick, where you're like, I can do a headshot here. And then I have to think of the next move to do this guy. And you're kind of managing like time and all this stuff. Um, so that's what they did with John Wick. For Tron, you're like, oh, that's probably going to be like you're on the bike and you're turning and doing all this stuff. Uh, and it'll be like a puzzle action game or whatever. And he's like, no, visual novel. So I'm, I'm excited he's taking it a different way. Uh, I don't know if I like Tron enough to do a whole visual novel on it, but who knows? Are you guys big Tron fans? Not really. Moving on from that, uh, we got Illusion Island, which is a new co-op 2D platformer game uh, in which players can play as uh, Mickey, uh, Minnie, Donald, or Goofy. Uh, Each character has their own ability. Uh, The game will support online and local split-screen co-op. Plotline for the game is you will be, quote, exploring the mysterious islands of, is it Monoth? Monoth? And uh, you'll be recovering three mystical books to save the world from disaster. Uh, So it's... uh, it is uh, coming exclusively to Switch in 2023. Could we? Is it four-player co-op? Can you do four-player co-op with this? You can do four-player co-op, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I think this might be, like, out of all of us, this will probably be, like, Chance. The chance, yeah. I was going to say, this is Chance's. A chance game. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of, like, the art style, at least, kind of reminded me of Cuphead. They're kind of doing... It's not the Mickey, you know, art style you know. Um, if you saw the trailer, you know what I mean. Uh, but it's, it is the original, like the voice actors and stuff of that you do know. So like goofy is sounds like goofy. Donald sounds like Donald. I don't know. It it does seem like it's a little bit more kid oriented. Yeah. But I mean, it's not something I'm going to be like itching to play, but Mm -hmm. well, we can pick up the pace here. Um, gargoyles remastered. It's a remaster of the classic nineties platformer. It was originally released on the Sega Genesis in 1995. Uh, Again, this is Chance is really into Gargoyles, or so he claims, but he will not be supporting this game. So, I don't know. Is he really a Gargoyles fan? (laughs) Was he even alive in 1995? Yeah, he was. Just barely. (laughs) I need documents. All right. Avatar Reckoning, free-to-play MMORPG shooter. You get to customize your own avatar, gear, weapons. Also includes PvP multiplayer, and it is coming soon. Again, another game that I think Chance should like because it is Avatar. It's like MMO, like his type of... uh, He loves the airbending. Yeah, (laughs) his type of game. Uh, But I don't know if he'll play it because it's mobile. Chance is on the run. He plays mobile games all the time. I, I would play it if it wasn't mobile. That's so disappointing for me, personally. Uh, and then Disney Speedstorm, 
which is a blatant ripoff of Mario Kart with Disney characters. Yeah, they didn't even try. <laughs> why why hasn't why hasn't other companies done this? This seems like such a, a slam dunk. Uh, it's confirmed to have Sully, Mike Wazowski, Celia May, and Randall from Monsters Inc. And then also we have Mickey, Captain Jack Sparrow, and uh I'm assuming a lot of others. So yeah. I mean I'm assuming this will be a uh, a free to play, right? Probably. One would hope or think. I mean, none of these are as good as Crash Team Racing, so <laughs> capture the rat. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, Pat. <laughs> Cuz that was clearly a joke. <laughs> oh my god. I was dead ass. Um yeah, so that's everything from the Marvel and Disney showcase. It was only like 20 minutes long. I was expecting a little bit more. Um, you know, we didn't get anything for Spider-Man 2. Wolverine. Um, there's, you know, the Black Panther game we talked about. There's apparently a rumored Iron Man game developed by EA. So a lot that they didn't announce here. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we get another Marvel game showcase next year? Or was this like a one-time thing? I would be I mean, surprised. I would be surprised if they didn't release one in the next like six months. Yeah. Like, I think like, we would really get a showcase. Events. Yeah. I think we would get a showcase next year just so they can like give us updates on at least some stuff. Um, yeah. Especially, I think it's just hard when like the Skydance game, the companies that you or the the publishers you're working with have their own events. So I don't think Sony would want to talk about Spider-Man Two or Wolverine outside of a state of play or a showcase. Same right. with EA; they have their own platforms to talk about this stuff. So I think that's why you don't have a lot here. No, that's fair. Moving on from the Disney and Marvel showcase, we're now moving to we're moving forward to the Ubisoft forward. Uh, so to start with this, obviously, um, there was big Assassin's Creed stuff. We'll deal with that at the end of this. Uh, first, we'll start with. Uh, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope will get a Rayman DLC. So Sparks of Hope will be getting three DLC packs. The third of those packs will be focusing on Rayman as a playable character. Um, I'm excited for this. I played I played some of the Rayman games growing up on like PlayStation One, uh, so I'd be excited to to do this. I haven't played um, the Mario and Rabbids game. I know Pat, you played. The Mario Rabbit oh, game yeah. loved it, and he said it was great. I was surprised at how good this was. It's they got Mario in a kind of like a Final Fantasy Tactics like with guns, and it works so well. Luigi was a sniper. It it just it. I know it sounds crazy, but it just works, and I'm really excited for the sequel. And the sequel is adding new abilities and new characters, and like they have this these sparks now, which kind of modify attacks and like kind of like badges and paper mario it, it, it all seems like fuck yeah like they're taking everything that worked with the first one and then just expanding upon it so i'm excited moving on from that uh we got a new trailer uh for skull and bones uh the trailer showed off to go too much into this just a lot yeah, yeah. of customization stuff yeah so just bunch the, the big thing it showed off was just ship customization we've already kind of talked about how far that is going to go um they did uh, show us what the helm is going to look like, which is their in-game trading network. Uh, so players will unlock the helm after reaching a previously unspecified level in Skull of Bones, and this will kind of act as your your main base of operations in your own pirate lair. And this is where you'll get uh, this is where you can 
store your collection of loot and you can sell your loot to the highest bidder and it's just kind of where you can do the trading and stuff like that um and they did confirm they're gonna add nfts to this aren't they probably um (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, they did confirm that this game will feature cross-platform play at launch yeah don't really need to talk about skull and bones too much we've kind of talked about it ad nauseum here several times uh, moving on from that, Trackmania is headed to consoles with cross-platform play and cross-progression. So this has been a game that's been a PC exclusive for years, uh, but it will be coming in 2023, confirmed for Xbox Series X and S, uh, PlayStation 5, uh, Google Stadia, and Amazon Luna. Uh, did either of you guys play Trackmania on PC at all? No. No, I did not. Is this something you guys would get on console? I had don't have not seen a second of gameplay of Trackmania. Cool. If I I did see the direct, so if they showed something in there, I've just blocked it out. So. Fair enough. Uh, Just Dance 2023 is announced for a holiday release, and it will be That's coming out. That's all we really need to know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. Moving on. Uh, we got a gameplay of Rainbow Six Mobile. Uh, there was a closed it, beta that looks. It looks just like Siege. Like yeah. they've just literally taken Siege and put it on mobile. So yeah, I might exactly. try this out on mobile. Yeah, why not? Uh, so there was a closed beta back on September 12th. Um, this game will launch with 5v5 matches, kind of indicative of Rainbow Six Siege, uh, with crossplay and voice chat. Uh, so if you... so when they say crossplay, is it crossplay with Siege? Who knows? Could be. I mean... That seems ridiculous. <laughs> if you have somebody on mobile at, like, you know, not a great resolution and frame rate with someone on PC taking... 120 FPS, yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll I wonder if it's like Android iOS, maybe. Who knows? I mean, oh, that makes sense, yeah. Like, that'll probably be, that's probably what they mean. Um, uh, next up, we have Division Heartland. This was announced previously, then it went dark for a really long time, and people were like, is it canceled? And then Ubisoft wouldn't comment. Now we know it's actually coming out, and it is still on track to release in 2022 or 2023 for PC, consoles, and cloud. Um, it'll have another testing phase where people can sign up to play it. Um, it is basically division, but a survival game. I don't know. I'm not really too into it. Yeah. Me neither. Nope. All right. Move it on to the main event of Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. So they had a whole like Assassin's Creed showcase, which was great. It was amazing. It was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, not really. Yeah, like, they, they treated it as like a separate <laughs> showcase. Showcase within, within the showcase, yeah. Um, so I was like, if you actually went on YouTube to look this up, it it, it actually is like the Assassin's Creed showcase. It's like that's what the, ta- that's what the title is of those videos. Um, yeah. So we'll start with uh, the one that we kind of have like the most information on. Um, Assassin's Creed Infinity has officially been revealed. And we were kind of speculating when they were first announcing this, is this going to be a different game? What is this going to, like, we weren't sure what it was going to be. Now we know uh, that it's not going to be a game. Uh, the VP executive producer of Assassin's Creed, Mark Alexis Cote, uh, said the following of Infinity, of Infinity. It is not a game per se. It's going to be the single entry point for our fans into the Assassin's Creed franchise into the future. Infinity is going to be a hub that will unite all our different experiences and our players together in meaningful ways. So the hub is going to be a place where all these different games uh, exist. So it's just going to kind of be like a central area. It's a launcher, quote unquote. essentially. Yeah, basically. So it's not a new mainline flagship game uh, that some people were speculating was going to be. We didn't know what it was going to be for sure, but now we know. And they kind of went into more now of the games that are going to be kind of 
going on with Infinity as this new launch uh, hub. Uh, so the first game we would be looking at, um, they all have different code names now. So this is Assassin's Creed, code name Red. And this was revealed to be set in feudal Japan. And that's all the information that we got on it, basically. Um, yeah, well, we do know it is the team that worked on Odyssey that yeah, is that working was on this. So that Ubisoft, gets me hyped. That was Ubisoft Quebec, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Right. They're all Ubisoft something or another city. So all I know is they're the team that worked on Val- yeah. or they're the team that worked on Odyssey are working on this. Um, a lot of people are like, you know, you're I don't know if you're going to be able to do that because Ghost of Tsushima did such a good job. Ghost of Tsushima was amazing. Eh. It was amazing. It was it was okay. It was good. Uh, it is it is developed by Ubisoft uh, Quebec. Will be um, codename Red. Um, which is kind of an overarching of like Ubisoft Montreal and stuff like that. And then we get to uh, we got a look at Assassin's Creed codename Hexe. Uh, we didn't get anything on this outside of the reveal of like the logo, logo. which is like a the, the AC logo hanging from a tree with other like and it's made of wood and all this stuff. Not much was revealed about it other than it will be a very different type of Assassin's Creed game, possibly featuring witchcraft. A lot of people on Twitter and stuff like that were theorizing and like speculating like, oh, is this going to be set during like Salem witch trials? And stuff like we that. do have the leaks, uh, I believe, from Jason Trier that say it is uh, going to be set during the Holy Roman Empire and the witch trials that happened there, not the ones in Salem. Not the ones in Salem? Okay, cool. So, we could get some witchcraft and shit, which would be awesome. Um, and then we got a look at Assassin's Creed, codename Jade. Uh, this is a mobile entry into Assassin's Creed. This will be set in ancient China. Uh, the date that they showed was 215 BCE. This will feature classic Assassin's Creed gameplay and will take place in an open world that was built to work well with uh, touch controls. Um, and for the first time uh, in AC, players will get to create their own assassin protagonist, uh, which is pretty interesting. Uh, it's yeah, cool that it's a mobile entry. It's Assassin's Creed, so from a mobile perspective, I would be willing to try it just because it's Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I would be able to try it too if they kind of go for like a a triple A mobile game. Um, you know, make it like 10, 15 bucks uh without microtransactions. I'd be perfectly fine with that. If you do go the the free to play route with a bunch of microtransactions, I will be much less interested. They do say they want to want it to work well with touch controls. I do hope they add controller support because that's how I like to play my games even if they're on mobile so um, what are you guys' thoughts on this on these three settings which is the one that interests you the most um, I would probably say feudal Japan because I've been asking for uh, Assassin's Creed in Japan for a long time kind of got the taste of it with Ghost of Tsushima but it's nice to see it in a Assassin's Creed setting yeah I think they'll do much better than Ghost of Tsushima did it's hard not to go with uh, Japan, just because you know there's there's so many possibilities with the ninja and like there's a lot. Of... It's gonna work out really well. I'm really excited yeah. about the direction that they're taking, and realize like kind of going back and remembering their roots, and avoiding this 120 hour RPGs because after Valhalla and reviewing that in like a week and a half. I will say I think Hexe is the one that's the most uh, intriguing to me because, you know, Witch Trials, Holy Roman Empire, that's something I didn't expect them to do. And it's cool that they're doing that. It is the Valhalla team 
So it might be a super long, uh, endless campaign, but we'll it'll be see fun. That when we it'll be fun. Those little, little Easter eggs that they're good like that. Now speaking of Valhalla and and stuff like that, uh, we have Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, this game has been confirmed that this will be the new adventure that will take place in Baghdad. We talked about this during the leaks last podcast. Yeah, and uh, it's set twenty years before uh, Valhalla. We will be following a young Basim. Uh, this will be developed by Ubisoft Bordeaux, and it will release in 2023. Kind of more or less to Rick's point, they, uh, during the Ubisoft Forward, they were talking about how this was going to be a game that took AC back to its roots um, with the Hidden Ones, the Order, the Brotherhood, the Creed, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they showed like a cinematic trailer, and we're going to kind of see... I don't want to spoil it, so I'm actually not going to say that. We're going to see a young Bassam as he's working through the Assassin Order. Right, exactly. Um, which is exciting, um, but it will be releasing in 2023, so we'll be getting that next year. Um, uh, interesting thing about this game, though, it is up for pre-order right now, and it's priced at $50 for the standard edition, which is, as you know, cheaper than the original. And Ubisoft recently uh, confirmed that their future big AAA games will be priced at $70. So smaller game. that tells me... Yeah, that that tells me this. They think of this as a lesser game, and they're marketing it as such. And that twenty dollar price, to, the twenty dollar difference between what they consider AAA, what they consider this, it'll be interesting to see how long it is. The rumor is like fourteen to sixteen hours. I'm okay with that. I think they could charge full price for that, honestly. So, I'm good with that. Uh, still kind of staying in the same vein as Valhalla, uh, will be, they, uh, announced a free update heading to AC Valhalla called the last chapter. Uh, this is a, uh, DLC that will tie up the loose ends of Eivor's story. Um, and the Assassin's Creed news didn't end there. Uh, Netflix and Ubisoft are going to be partnering on a live action Assassin's Creed adaptation. Uh, in addition to that, uh, they'll also be partnering on three exclusive Ubisoft mobile games uh, for players with a Netflix subscription. Uh, games will include, uh, one of these games will be a new original Assassin's Creed game separate from Codename Jade. Okay, yeah. so it's not, they're working on three mobile games. Three mobile games, but one of them one is of them an is AC an Assassin's game. Creed one. Yeah, um, the other two games uh, will include a sequel to Valiant Hearts, and a quote rogue light inspired mighty quest for epic loot um i don't know if you guys played valiant hearts i did play valiant hearts i loved it it was great it's the world war one is the world war one narrative game um and it was a it was a beautifully written game i absolutely loved it um if you haven't played it please do so i don't know if it's still on game pass it's been so long i it's probably not on there anymore um but it was a it was a fantastic game. I absolutely loved it. So if you haven't played it, I would definitely recommend playing it. And I can't wait to see. It's mobile, but I would definitely love to play the sequel to that. Um, and see. Where the I story think it goes was uh, Games with Gold or PS Plus at some point, and that's how I got it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, I think that type of game will lend itself very well to Netflix. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially being so narrative. I'm not sure what this uh, Assassin's Creed game for them would be, but. Um, We'll see. Uh, I wonder these, if it's designed that you can play it on like a Netflix app on a TV or if it's going to be on your phone only. Right. Uh, the games will be free on the Netflix app for those with the subscription. 
um, there will be no ads or in-app purchases. Uh, so kind of interested to see where they go with that. Um, and then finally, uh, Ubisoft Plus celebrated its third anniversary with gifts uh, to PC, Stadia, and Luna players. Uh, so for uh, for people with those or with that, uh, Ubisoft Plus multi-access has been given for free until October 10th. And this will allow players to play over 100 Ubisoft titles, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, so if you don't uh, have a console or if you play on PC, Stadia, or Luna and you have... Uh, Ubisoft Plus, um, you get multi-access uh, for free until October 10th. Overall, pretty good. I was not expecting us to get four Assassin's Creed games announced. Uh, I guess technically five if you count the mobile game. That's for Netflix, Netflix. as well. Um, but yeah, like that, that's a lot. I'm excited for Mirage. I'm excited for the other two big mainline ones. And then I'm intrigued by the mobile uh, ones that they've also announced. So if, if you're an Assassin's Creed fan, you, you've been eating well, and looks like you're going to continue to do that. Um, it is astounding the amount of content that they've continued to develop for Valhalla after I've stopped playing. Like, they have a new roguelite mode in there, and now they have a final quest and all this stuff. Like, it's it's just insane. What did you guys think overall about the Ubisoft forward? Overall, I thought it was I thought it was good, and then we got to the Assassin's Creed stuff, and I got really hyped. Um, yeah, I feel like if they didn't have the Assassin's Creed stuff, it would be very mediocre. Yeah, exactly. The, but the Assassin's Creed stuff like made it for me, especially getting to yeah, and see they knew that. That's why they left the Assassin's Creed stuff till the oh, end. <laughs> oh yeah, but like it was great to see Mirage. It was amazing to see Codename Red be confirmed to be Feudal Japan. I was so excited for that. I was like texting my friends who like don't watch showcases and stuff like that. And I was like texting them all in a group chat. And I was like, we got feudal Japan. Let's go. And they were all super hyped. They were jacked. Um, and then I was like, there's more. And they were like, what? And I'm like, there's more, there's more games. Like, so they, they weren't expecting that at all either. So that was just really, really exciting to see. Like that made the showcase for me. Yeah. I was watching with Casey. She was obviously doing other stuff, but I had it on on my phone and stuff. And she, she's like, she obviously is not super excited. She knows Assassin's Creed, but then like when I was getting excited, she would get excited. And she had a great joke when, uh, uh, when Yves Girmal came on to talk about Assassin's Creed at the beginning, and he's like, you know, we started this journey at the Crusades, and she's like, this guy looks like he's old enough to have been alive during the Crusades. <laughs> my God. <laughs> That's everything from the Ubisoft forward. Again, with the, without the Assassin's Creed stuff, probably wouldn't have been that great, but the AC stuff definitely made it. Um, finally, the final the final showcase. We've we powered through four, and now we're at the fifth one, or how, whatever number this is. This is five, the fifth one, yeah. So, the Nintendo Direct. We're just going to start right off the top of the big one. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 will not be called Breath of the Wild 2. It will be called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Too soon, Nintendo. Queen just died. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, this is like <laughs> there was talk of uh, a bunch of leakers were saying, like, you know, Nintendo is currently in talks to see if they're going to delay the the Nintendo Direct because the Queen died. And we're all like, what? <laughs> Why? That doesn't have anything to do with anything. And yeah, yeah it does. It does. Titled Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> So uh, uh, obviously they wouldn't good. have known that this was going to happen in that during that exact time. It's unfortunate timing, but 
we do finally have the title for the Breath of the Wild sequel. Again, it's Tears of the Kingdom. It will release on May 12th, 2023. Uh, the trailer showed link. a date. It, yeah, finally a date on the release window. Uh, so for us fantasy critic players, let's go. It's happening. Um, the trailer showed Link exploring Hyrule both on land and in the air. We got to look at a new stasis power and the shattered world that Hyrule looks to have become. Uh, they were showing a lot of skydiving, lots of Link riding aboard a stone bird. Uh, it's just exciting to finally get a release date, a firm release date, get a name for the game. Uh, so it's exciting times for for Nintendo. Unfortunate timing with the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, but Fucker. it is what it is. Okay, Pat's not a royalist, clearly. I mean, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Pat doesn't give a shit. As a Canadian, it's just kind of like a weird time for our monarch to be dead. Uh, the only monarch no, like, we've ever known. Like, Twitter was great when this was happening. Oh, like, Twitter? I was sitting there and, like, if hell was real, I have firmly cemented my place because Twitter was <laughs> fucking gold. It was like, I mean, everything I was seeing, like, oh, there was a video of an old woman skydiving and it was like the queen after she wins her fight in the gulag. <laughs> yeah. um, there was, um, oh, Rick, Twitter, are you asleep? Rick? Yeah, Rick's, Rick is cashed. Rick! Rick! Oh my god. Oh my god, Rick fell asleep <laughs> mid-pod. This is amazing. Uh, <laughs> His recording uh, is going to be like seven hours long. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to try and like text him or something. Okay, cool. I'll continue. This is amazing. This is the first time one of us has fallen asleep on the pod. Now you guys can see, hear the effort that gets put in. It is almost a one in the morning on Friday. I guess Saturday morning now. Um... But I'll continue while Rick try, or uh, Pat tries to wake up Rick. Um, moving on from Legend of Zelda, uh, we have Pikmin 4, which will arrive in 2023. Uh, Miyamoto had said that this game was very close to completion back in 2015. So someone needs to tell our guy uh, what very close means. Um, they also teased fans with talking about the Pikmin Pokemon Go clone uh, for like six minutes. Um, before they announced this. Before they announced Pikmin 4. Miyamoto was going through his app. He's like, yeah, I walked over here and then I walked over here and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> um, so they like to, so Miyamoto is clearly enjoying himself. Um, I'm sure this game will get delayed because it has been close to completion for like seven years. It'll get delayed and there'll be something about a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush and something about delayed games that Pat will butcher into a different quote. Um, moving on from that. Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, this is the next mainline entry in the Fire Emblem series. It will release January 20th of 2023. It follows a story set a thousand years after the Four Kingdoms sealed away the Fell Dragon. Uh, in Engage, uh, players will become a divine dragon called Alir, and players must work to collect the emblem rings to bring peace back to the continent of Elios. Uh, and previous this was, this was pointed to me out on Reddit, but... Obviously, Fire Emblem, a, a big series where you were able to marry characters and form relationships and all that stuff. And this trailer focuses a lot on rings. And then it's called Engage, like engagement. Right. Uh, 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 so. uh, um, previous Fire Emblem characters like Marth and uh, Celica uh, will join your party. Um, I not sure. to Celica. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> that joke, Rick. that 
That joke would not be funny <laughs> if it wasn't one in the morning. Damn near. Rick, uh, you're missing quality stuff here. Oh my god. Uh, Moving on from that, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Uh, this was first released on the Wii back in 2011. Uh, it arrives. It will come onto the Switch on February 24th, 2023. Uh, it features four-player multiplayer, a bunch of mini games uh, like Samurai Kirby and Magalore's Tome Trackers. Uh, how many Kirby games are you releasing in a year, Nintendo? Where's Metroid? Why do you hate us? These are the questions being asked by the public. I love Kirby. I'm not upset about this, but this is the question that Pat is being asked. Or Pat is asking. That's definitely not being asked. <laughs> Next, uh, we got... Conf- we had the biggest surprise of the Nintendo Direct, and obviously, if you don't count the Zelda stuff, my favorite part. Octopath Traveler 2, releasing February 24th, 2023. A new group of heroes and a brand new story to experience the uh, the world of Celestia. Eight new travelers. Uh, they kind of fixed the major complaints from Octopath Traveler 1, which is the stories never entwined. The stories will now entwine. And uh, you'll be, you know, crisscrossing paths with different people in different stories. Uh, and then also... Every character has a different ability based on uh, day or night. So now they're adding a day and night cycle. So, you know, before the thief could like steal things. Now the thief can steal things. And then at night, there's a different ability uh, that they can do. So I'm excited to kind of figure out who all these characters are, figure out their stories, figure out the best team and kind of. Uh, build an awesome group it is the same hd 2d art style but it seems like they're going to a lot more varied environments uh there's like a a pirate who might be a uh a character and like a a lot of the the story takes place near water and like on the shore and stuff looks really interesting Uh, it will not be a switch exclusive this time it will also be coming to pc via steam uh ps5 and ps4 why no xbox it almost seems like somebody made a deal to keep it off that platform, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Next up, Bayonetta got a new trailer. They also, I like how they did this, where instead of doing a seven minute long gameplay trailer, they're like, here's a little snippet. If you want to see more, go to our YouTube channel that has the full video. Like, mm-hmm. obviously not everything's for everybody, so it's good that they uh, they do it. Like, if you want to see more, go this way. Yeah. Next, uh, we got a bunch of stuff for Nintendo Switch Online, so a lot of games coming there. Uh, biggest one, arguably, um, is GoldenEye 007 with online play. Um, calm down. Pat Pat, Pat <laughs> did decide to calm us down and say it's only split screen on Nintendo's shitty network, but it's still GoldenEye with online play. Um, Rare did confirm that a remastered version of the game is coming to Xbox and Game Pass and will be free to anyone who owns Rare Replay. Uh, it'll s- include support for the dual analog stick, 16-9 aspect ratio, smoother frame, 4K support. Um, but this version will not support online play. So what kind of ass backwards decision is this? So the one that is the remaster with the better visuals, uh, updated controls, it's not gonna uh, have frame online. rate, 4K, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to have online play. But if you play on Nintendo Switch Online, you have the actual original version of the game which does not have any of that it's still going to be four by three and you can play online but it'll be still dividing your screen into four sections if you're playing four player online co-op like what why who when how come (laughs) why who when how come how come Um, (laughs) those are the questions you ask because yeah i understand this is a complicated rights issue because you have xbox who now owns rare who are the original developers so they have some sort of claim on it 
And you also have Nintendo who published it. And then you have the rights holders, like the uh, 007 estate holders. And everybody has to agree to for this to come at the same time. And it just... It's... I, I, I don't think this is the benefit of, of anyone. Like, I don't know. I'm going to play GoldenEye, uh, the campaign on Xbox. Am I going to break out Nintendo Switch Online to play uh, Split Screen Co-op? Maybe, but I'm going to do it begrudgingly because I have to. So Right. Uh, other games that are coming to NSO, Pilot Wings, Mario Parties 1 through 3, the big one, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. That That's the one we should be talking about over GoldenEye. Uh, 1080 snowboarding and excite bike 64. So these will all join NSO in 2022 and 2023. Well, Mario party one through three is coming in 2022 and the rest are one on 2023. I think golden is still this year as well though. But yeah. It seems like they're still doing one a month. And then for the next three months, it's going to be only Mario parties, which is a terrible way to do that. Yeah. Give us some variety, divide them up. Right. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Rick, uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion will be released on December 13th, 2022. will release on Switch and other platforms. Uh, Wave 3 of Mario Kart 8's Deluxe Booster Course Pass uh, will launch this holiday. Golf is coming to Nintendo Switch Sports this holiday, which is cool. They originally said summer, but they're pushing it back. Yeah, Mario Strikers Battle League uh, will get its second free update later this month. Uh, it adds Pauline and Diddy Kong to the roster and adds... New gear, a new stadium, a striker ranking, and more customization options. Um, Resident Evil Village Cloud version will release on October 28th. There's a demo out right now. Um, we got three fucking farming games in the Nintendo Direct. Three? Three? And you didn't give us Metroid? We got Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, Fay Farm, and Harvestella, which apparently has a demo out. So I don't know. I, I did not care for any of these, so I'm not going to go into details. Look them up yeah. if you want to. Old game is old. <laughs> yeah, old game is old, but now coming to Nintendo Switch. Okay, so, so uh, it, Tunic Tunic will be coming to Switch on September Granted, 27th. Granted, it's a good game. I have not finished it yet. But yep. It Takes Two is coming to Switch on November 4th. Uh, Sifu is coming to Switch on November 8th. And this takes the cake for the worst optimization to run on the Switch. My God, did you see the frame rate and the resolution yeah. of this? Yeah, it looks so bad. Previously, that title was held by The Witcher 3, which, let me tell you, was like sub 240p at some sections. And this this just seems really bad. Uh, front Mission remakes. Front, front Mission remakes got dates. So the first one will release in November, the second one in 2023. And then they're like, Front, Mush, front Mission 3 remake is coming sometime in the future. Then there's uh, the announcement of Master Detective Archives Rain Code which is from the creators of Danganronpa looked really weird where you're like solving crimes in this city that is perpetually uh, in rain and like it's all being done visually. So like, like a literal representation of you uh, slicing contradictions because during boss battles, they'll be throwing different facts at you and you have to slice the, the one that is incorrect based on the detective work that you've done. Uh, at the end of the trailer, I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> but I was a little intrigued. Uh, this is coming out spring 2023. Then we had a cute little indie game uh, that ended up being creepy called Ib, 
uh, <laughs> which <laughs> is set in an art gallery and a young girl who must unra- unravel what's going on in the art gallery. Uh, it's got seven different endings based on player choices. And it seems like she gets sucked into this painting and like whoever like painted it or whoever's like controlling it knows who she is. So maybe there's some sort of deeper meaning as to why she's there. Uh, but it looked really interesting. And then Oddballers, uh, I believe this is a Ubisoft published game, but it is a party game filled with mini games, all centered around dodgeball. It has local and online play up to six players. It is coming to switch in 2023. And they had a bunch of different like variations of like, dodgeball in this small like enclosed space as you're running around and it seems like another like moving out too like you're fighting the controls as much as you are fighting other people um but it looked interesting but that was pretty much the major highlights from the nintendo direct what were your thoughts overall i think it was good i had something for everybody which i feel like is something nintendo typically does obviously getting the news of a firm release date for Breath of the Wild, or I guess of um, Tears of the Kingdom, um, is huge. Octopath Traveler 2 was amazing, completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, that was big time. Love seeing Kirby in there. The new Fire Emblem game looks really interesting. Um, but there was also a lot in there that I just didn't care for. I'm Three not, fucking I, farming I, games? Come on. Yeah, I, I'm not big into Metroid personally, but for everybody who is and who didn't get anything about Metroid, I would just be furious. Especially <laughs> because Metroid Prime 1 remaster has been rumored for so long. Before that, we had the rumor of the trilogy, which you know, people said that's not accurate. They're releasing just the first one. And then, you know, there's going to be, you know, they restarted development on Metroid Prime 4, which was announced like back in 2018, maybe. But, you know, after we had the the return of Metroid with uh, uh, Metroid Dread last year and like, you know, that did very well critically. I was just expecting something, but we didn't get anything. So that, and then the Zelda remasters for wind waker and twilight princess have been very, very heavily rumored, but again, we didn't get anything on those. Uh, so yeah, overall it's people are like, why didn't Nintendo do something in the summer? Like they usually do a big E3 direct. Now we got, this was the first actual direct since I think like February, um, the beginning of the year when they kind of announced uh, a lot of these games. Um, but yeah, it's like they didn't do a summer direct because they didn't have a lot to announce. And even here you could kind of see they're kind of picking at scraps, uh, which is unfortunate, but what are you going to do overall? Yeah. I, I do think the highlights were the same Octopath Traveler, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I did like Ib, uh, and then that dodgeball game. I am a little bit worried as to how they're going to do everything that they're doing with Tears of the Kingdom on the Switch. Sounds like you're, or it looks like you're going from like a super high, like floating platform to dropping down into the world, kind of like Battle Royale style on this like floating platform. Um, You're supposed to, supposedly, we saw in in previous trailers, you're kind of going through uh though like the the terrain and like they have this like sky area and then like the ground and possibly tunnels and stuff underneath that so it just seems like there's a lot of loading and like you need a faster hard drive and like a faster speed maybe an ssd and like better graphics to be able to handle all that so i don't know do you think it's possible we get a switch pro or a switch 2 announced early next year 
which makes a lot of these games like actually run better. Because yeah, that, that's Sifu that just was so telling of like how yeah, old I, this I think it's is. I think it's certainly possible, and it's been long enough. I feel like um, mm-hmm. I think next year is like you're pushing the limit now of the announcement for it. Yeah, because what Switch came out 2017, so it would have been six years in 2023. Yeah. I think that's long enough. Yeah. I mean, generations are typically, what, seven years long? So Yeah, I mean, the PS4, or, yeah, the PS4 and the uh, Xbox One were like eight, but generally. Moving on, we got some final miscellaneous stuff to talk about because everybody decided to have announcements during this period, which basically made it like a mini E3 in September for some reason. Yeah, so we uh, got some details on Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2.0. Uh, so for Modern Warfare 2, this will release on October 28th. It'll have an open beta that'll be free across all platforms. Pre-orders will get earlier access. Uh, so if you're on PlayStation, it's already begun. It started on September 16th. Yeah, we're not going to go through that because it'll probably be over by the time you're listening to this. But we do want to let you know uh, the open beta for all platforms without you pre-ordering it or anything is going to be September 24th through september 26th so if you do want to try it that would be the time yeah and during those betas um players will get um kind of exposed to the different game modes and stuff like that they have they have a 5v5 no respawn mode kind of think of rainbow six uh siege but in the cod universe um there's a massive like 32 on 32 game mode that they have they have their typical standard game modes and stuff like that so they're showing a little bit of everything oh what's this Chance is rejoining us via satellite to talk a little bit about his impressions on Call of Duty. I also watched the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 stream that they had going on, the multiplayer reveal, as they called it. Um, multi, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was released October 29th this year. They introduced a bunch of new modes, um, one of them pr- uh, called Prisoner Rescue. looks very similar to Rainbow Six Siege's um, Hostage. And then there's also Raid, which is a 3v3, very slow-paced tactical mode, or at least that's what it's supposed to be, that you use, you know, communication and strategy to kind of complete, you know, uh, against the other team. Both these modes um, seem very uh, Rainbow Six Siege a lot, and you'll see that, you know, whether looking up uh, information on Modern Warfare, um, that they essentially, I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but I feel like they took a lot of inspiration from Rainbow Six Siege. Which is fine. Rainbow Six Siege has been around forever. It's been doing very well and been getting upgraded or updated. So um, why not take a little from a game that's become so very successful? Uh, continuing on that, uh, you know, inspiration from Rainbow Six Siege, they've also added new gadgets. Like you can throw up cameras, uh, decoys, inflatable decoys. You can repel. <laughs> they also have kind of like heartbeat sensors, kind of like a, a UAV, but more like a close quarter. The new gunsmith looks really interesting. Uh, essentially, where you as- just make a gun from scratch. Um, I think they did this for um, Ghost Recon. I think it seems kind of similar to that. I mean, I'm not really sure, but it's like essentially you can make a gun and you just change up all the parts and you can make it an assault rifle, an assault rifle into a submachine gun, and a submachine gun into a marksman rifle, into a sniper. Like, you really just make your gun whatever you want with the different attachments and obviously the different attachments you use affects the gun stats and you know things like that i'm sure the hardcore um call of duty fans will go into what's viable and what's not and whatnot but um i don't know it looks really cool it just looks the fact that gives you all the 
range that you want and you can do whatever you want with it, um, which is always great. They also added a third person mode, which is very weird and new for Call of Duty. And when you aim down sight, you actually go into first person like normal. So it's really interesting, um, which I kind of like because I feel like it keeps from uh, like being able to see around corners in the third person and then be able to aim your shot before the people come around the corner. In a sense, it kind of reduces that from happening. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see how, you know, can third persons play with first persons, you know, if there'll be an advantage or not. But we'll see. I, it looks pretty cool. There's also a 20v20 invasion mode that also has AI in there as well. And the AI, they said it will be very challenging. So you can't just run in there to start lighting up all the AI and whatnot. So I'm kind of interested to see where that game mode will go. But uh, they also talked about a lot of beta access, which be, should be coming up very, very soon. Um, especially if you are on PlayStation. Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, I'm a Call of Duty fanboy. Everyone here in the podcast knows that. Um, and uh, I know that there's not going to be a Call of Duty next year uh, because they were uh, bought by Microsoft. So I kind of went interested in this game. Plus, it's more modern. I'm kind of tired of the old Call, like you know, the old World War, you know, themed games. And um, I'm thinking about getting this one because I feel like it's going to last for at least two years until the next Call of Duty comes out. So, uh, And then kind of regarding Warzone 2.0, so this is going to launch on November 16th. Um, they have a couple different or they have a couple differences that kind of set it apart from Warzone uh, as we know it now. Um, one of the things they talked about is having multiple circles closing in on the map. Um, as opposed that's to having an interesting this, concept. Yeah, that's a, that's certainly an interesting concept. I assume those multiple circles will eventually converge into one, but now the circles I would assume will be It'll separated. Probably be like a Venn diagram. Yeah, kind of thing where. Around. So like you're gonna have like dead zones probably with between the circles, and then eventually they'll converge on top of each other. Um, the gulag is now two v two, as opposed to being one v one, which is an interesting concept. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't really play Warzone too much. Um, Battle Royale, Battle Royales as a whole, I have been kind of tapered off for me personally. Don't really play them too much anymore. It's definitely an interesting concept uh, and a, a good take. I think good difference on um, kind of the current scene of Battle Royales. So yeah, that's kind of everything from a Call of Duty standpoint, for, as far as like the upcoming games are concerned. But still within the realm of that. They did show a lot of gameplay. It was like the pros playing like what they normally do. And I did yeah. see some gameplay. It does look good. And I normally, I, if if we didn't know about the Microsoft uh, Bethesda or Microsoft Activision Blizzard There's King Blizzard. purchase, I may have gotten Call of Duty this year. But just knowing that that deal is going to go through, we're assuming. Uh, and then all the Call of Duties are coming to Game Pass. Right, I think I can just wait, yeah, for that to come to Game Pass. But it does look good, I will say. Call of Duty is looking good this year. Yeah. Uh, kind of still on topic with Call of Duty, but not necessarily about this current upcoming game. Uh, there has been a dispute between Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer. Obviously, Jim Ryan, head of Sony. Phil Spencer, kind of head of Xbox. Um, looking at how to effectively handle... Call of Duty franchise after this acquisition of Activision Blizzard gets finalized. Uh, so Microsoft had offered to keep COD on PlayStation for three years after Sony and Activision's current deal expires. Now, Bloomberg report suggested that this deal might expire in 2024. So you look three years after that, be 2027. 
Uh, Jim Ryan stated that this offer is inadequate, claiming that Microsoft isn't thinking of the consumer. So he released a statement saying, quote, after almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. Earlier in September, Phil Spencer had told The Verge, in January, we provided, quote, in January, we provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation uh, with feature and content parity for at least several more years beyond the current Sony contract, an offer that goes well beyond typical gaming industry agreements. Yeah, several is more than two. <laughs> Jim Ryan's like, he only offered three years, which is several. <laughs> like, what do you... No, three is a few. Anything beyond that no, is several. No, two is a few. No, two is a couple. Three is a mm -mm. few. Four no. and above is several. Several. More than two, but not many. Literal definition. More than two. This does contradict Spencer's statement to Bloomberg earlier in 2022 in which he said, quote, I'll just say to players out there who are playing Activision Blizzard games on Sony's platform, it is not our intent to pull communities away from that platform and we remain committed to that. Do we think that COD would get pulled from PlayStation eventually? I think when we first talked about the Activision Blizzard thing, first instinct, I mean, I felt like yes, but like would be surprised if it did. But like it's a major blow to your direct rival to take the franchise of that stature and be like, it can only be played on Xbox. So from a competitive standpoint, why would why would you not do that? And why would Sony not assume that that could happen that's a possibility like at some point you have to like microsoft's big thing and xbox's big thing has always been being for the gamers and everything is for the gamers but at some point you need to look competitively at your opposition and be like how do i destroy you and this would be like one of those things that would be a huge blow to playstation's player base to not be able to play cod like there are people who would buy xboxes just to play cod or buy yeah, and game pass subscriptions just to play cod but if you think about it strategically uh they have the deal in place for at least four more years and then phil spencer is offering or not four more years until 2024 and then phil spencer is offering uh three years on top of that so if you that would probably take us to like 2026 2027 if that is the case that would probably take us to the end of this generation. When are right. people going to be deciding to hop to the next, to hop to the competitor? The beginning of a generation is typically when that happens. So I think Phil Spencer is like, oh, what we're doing, we're going to commit to this, but we're not sure if we're going to keep that for the next generation. Um, I think this is also a bargaining chip. Uh, I'm sure there's been talks between PlayStation and Xbox somehow some way to bring game pass to playstation and i'm sure playstation just is like laughing in their faces whenever they bring that up because it's like why would we do that why would we give our competitor the edge to bring their subscription service to our platform well now next time phil spencer and jim ryan sit at the table for these discussions and this deal has gone through Phil Spencer is going to have a much better position to start the bargaining with. Like, hey, um, if you want to extend this Call of Duty contract past this generation, maybe Game Pass comes to PlayStation. And uh, we all know, like, or we all assume that that is Microsoft's whole plan. They want to get 
uh, Game Pass available in the most places it can be, uh, which, you know, PlayStation is the market leader. They have 120 million PS4s, close to like 50, 60 million uh, PS5s or something like that. So it would make sense for them to do that. And I think that's worth 70 billion to them. In the meantime, yeah, you have this contract in place. COD is a huge money maker. You just spent 70 billion. You want to recoup some of that money. Yeah. 30% of those digital sales go to Sony. And that's why they're fighting tooth and nail to, to make sure this doesn't go through. Cause that's a huge revenue source for them. But the other 70% comes to the owners of call of duty, which would be Microsoft. So it, it just, it doesn't make sense for you to buy this huge thing and then immediately chop your leg off of like the profits, you know, right. to oh, yeah. take it away from the competitor. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think we will have a time where uh, call of duty is exclusive to Xbox and PC and not on PlayStation just because I don't think Jim Ryan or PlayStation would get to that point where they, you know, break down, negotiation so much that it comes to that point because that is such a huge revenue source for them. But that's why Jim Ryan is fighting tooth and nail. He, he knows what this, the future will be when Phil Spencer has that bargaining chip, he is going to try everything he can to make sure Phil Spencer doesn't get that bargaining chip. Right. I don't think it'll work. I think this is still going to pass, but he has Um, to try. He has to try. Yeah. He doesn't have a choice. Recently, the CMA has said that they are opening up the second phase of the investigation. Every expert that I've seen who has talked about this, all the the analysts and everything have said they have to prove that this will be an antitrust or it'll be a monopoly for it to be blocked. And there is no good way for them to prove that because Sony is the market leader. And, you know, even without like call of duty is a huge game but it's not the biggest game the biggest game right now is Fortnite, and it has been that way for a couple years now so i don't see this being blocked uh i don't see call of duty being removed from playstation i do think some of the other ip will be exclusive to xbox because you know you can make the next crash crash 5 right technically that would be five yeah yeah, that could be Xbox exclusive, but even like Call of Duty, you don't need to make that exclusive. You can make that just Game Pass Day One, and I think that that's enough. Instant, yeah, that like the that's people enough. that just play Call of Duty are like, why am I on, why am I on PlayStation? Why am I buying a five hundred dollar box to pay seventy dollars for this game when I can just go to Xbox and get the game as part of Game Pass? Like, it just fiscally doesn't make sense. Yeah for them to take it away. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. So, yeah, a lot of stuff happening with that. Obviously, we'll kind of we'll keep everybody updated on when we hear uh news as far as where this is going to go. Um, but for all intents and purposes, this is going to get finalized. Yeah, um, it's just it's just hilarious to see uh Jim Ryan be like this is, you know, we're doing this for the PlayStation gamers and then at the same time, turn around and be like, "Oh, Last of Us Part One is seventy dollars. Uh, we're not putting any of our game on, our, on any of our first party games into PlayStation Plus." And like, you know, oh yeah, the hypocrisy is rampant. Like, PSVR Two is not backwards compatible with PSVR One, and you know, they can't make Call of Duty exclusive, but we can make exclusive missions on Hogwarts Legacy and like, you know, all these games that are being announced as 
PlayStation console exclusives when you see the deal on the other side is, you know, Wulong is coming to Game Pass Day 1, but it's also available on PlayStation. Whereas uh, Rise of the Ronin is only on PlayStation because that's Sony's whole MO. But then they're like, we don't want you to use that MO against us. So. Right. I see a lot of arguing online on Twitter and Reddit and, you know, people arguing one way or the other at at the end of the, the, at the end of the day, these are major corporations that only care about their bottom line, anything that they're doing, they're doing for themselves and their profit, not for you. So don't, don't be fooled into thinking they care about you. They care about the money and that goes for both. So, yeah, no, I agree 100%. That's everything. That's everything. God, it's been a long podcast. It is one in the morning. Rick didn't make it through the whole thing, Um, which is hilarious. Um, But yeah, we don't need to do subpar subtitles just because Rick is cached, and I don't feel like doing it. It's too late. Yeah, so everyone, thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you're just with any questions, comments, concerns, tell us what you thought of our September E3 uh, at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. We're on Twitter at TugPod, on Instagram at TUG underscore POD, on Reddit at r slash TugPod, and on Facebook at the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Also, check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash TugPod. And we also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. It's five star reviews for us, one star review for every other podcast. What's TGS? Tokyo Game Show. Tokyo. Goddamn, <laughs> <fucking> idiots. <laughs> the only the, the gaming event that's been going on this past week. Goddamn. Did Zach read the outline? I did, but everything is abbreviated to TGS. I was like, the game show? <laughs> oh my god.